Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to We Have Issues, Geek Network show that's about everything literary. Books, comic books, manga, web comics, Bazooka Joe comic strips. Uh, what else do people read? Cereal boxes. Um, that's all I got. This is Keith, your host, as always. Uh, I am joined by my usual co-host, first of all, Liz. Hello. I need a rhyme for Liz. I need a, like, a little intro for her. Because, of course... We are joined by my Star Wars sidekick, who's always at my side, Ho Sway. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? So, so uh, we are going to be talking about everything we read this week, as well as a little bit of news. So we're going to start off with that news. I only have a couple things this week, um, which will give us a lot of time to talk about what we actually read. So, yes. uh, so first of all, we did um, get word about Dragon Ball Super uh, <laughs> that... Um, they did confirm because a lot of people were thinking the Moro arc was going to be the end of Dragon Ball Super. No, I didn't really feel like that. Okay. That was a rumor going around. Okay. So they did confirm that Dragon Ball Super will be continuing after the Moro arc. Hmm. Cool, cool. So, which will be interesting because, you know, with the level that Goku is at right now, how do you tell a compelling story? You know what I mean? Yeah. But just like just open it up with like all the universes. It's kind of like, I feel like we just almost started. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, like two more big villains. Maybe. I mean, they can always rebrand and like Dragon Ball Mega, you know, or oh, something. Right. No, you know? Continuation. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I'm saying like Dragon Ball Super. People are thinking, hey, it's about time for Dragon Ball Super to die out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe something new to show up. But yeah, they did confirm we are going to continue beyond the Moro arc. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, obviously, it's going to be Goku fighting gods at this point. So exactly. yeah. And also, just like what Vegeta shows up to do that one last cool move that he just learned and just close off the story. I don't think so. Don't yeah, think so. exactly. <laughs> um, so, and then the next thing I want to talk about is DC made a big announcement. Um, with a, oh, yeah. a new event calling called DC Future Slate. Hmm. Um, it's and I'm gonna just quickly read the the summary Spoilers. here. In January, crisis. No, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of um, in January and February, the current DC Comics lineup will take a pause. So all the comics across the board will pause, and we'll get a vision of new heroes, new villains, and new status quos that will define the DC Comics multiverse. Uh, okay. Reboot. <laughs> but reboot this for the multiverse that doesn't really matter. To see if it takes is what it feels like to me. So. Yeah, it's going. They're going to experiment with some things. Uh, there's some. There's some people definitely involved that I'm very curious to see what they come up with. Um, so, for instance, uh, Brian Michael Bendis is always good for a laugh. Uh, Mariko Tamaki, I love Mariko Tamaki; she's great. Uh, Jin Lu and Yang, uh, that'd be really good to see what he does. Joel Jones, uh, Nicholas Scott, there's a couple, and then there's new voices, including John Ridley, who wrote the screenplay for Twelve Years a Slave. Oh wow! Um, Brandon Easton, who wrote for Thundercats and Transformers: War for Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Vietti, who wrote for Young Justice, the cartoon. Uh, Megan Fitzmartin, who wrote for Supernatural. So that's cool. Um, Aletha Martinez, who wrote... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Aletha Martinez, who wrote Represent It's a Bird. I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. L.L. McKinney wrote for Nubia, Real One. That's cool. 
Um, Paula Sevenbergen wrote for Stargirl, and Sia Um wrote for Lola XOXO. Mm-hmm. So it does seem to be like a um, like not just introducing new characters, but also you know showcasing new talent. Uh, so to give you an example of this, for the Batman family, we're going to get it's basically in the future. So in the future, Gotham is controlled by the Magistrate. And um, all masked vigilantes have been outlawed. And Bruce Wayne slash Batman has been killed in this future. So led, led, by, <laughs> led by an all-new Batman, a new assembly of Gotham's guardians rise to give hope to those who lost it. And um, the books for this are going to be uh, The Next Batman, Outsiders, Arkham Knights, Batgirls, and Batgirls, by the way, written by Vida Ayala. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to pick that up. So, And then Gotham City Sirens. And then there's also a thing called Dark Detective, which is going to be, it's going to feature, it looks like Grifter and Red Hood, which is a really cool combo, actually. <laughs> like, it's going to be a very emo combo, but I love it. It works. <laughs> yeah. So, and then... Here. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of different ones. Uh, uh, Batman and Superman, like the crossover book, is going to get its own version. Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Nightwing, and Robin Eternal are all going to feature state versions. Hmm. Uh, the Superman family, um, let's see here. Uh, basically, something happened in the future, and Clark Kent it has been rejected by Earth. So he leaves Earth, basically. And so John becomes Superman. So it's in the future where John Ken is Superman. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and no, it's going to feature. I, yeah, I'm good. kind of excited for this. Like when I, I was seeing everything being posted on Twitter, and I'm like, it honestly looks like DC looked, sat down and they're like, what, what, what direction are we, you know, wanting to go in as a company, as a publisher? And I felt yeah. like this is a, I feel like this is a, a soft reboot, you know, testing the waters to see if like people like this. And if people yeah. like this, I can totally see this becoming the new DC universe because it's kind of a blend of, you know, the animated um, universe designs and stuff. Like, I think Red X was spotted on one of those posters. Um, yeah, oh, I did see that one. T- yeah, from the Teen Titans show. Um, the And plus, like you said, they're having all this new talent, you know, like uh, coming in to write comics. I kind of, like I said, I'm kind of like, you know, this actually might be pretty good. And this might be, to me, like what DC kind of needs because um, I feel like DC's mm-hmm. been pretty stagnant ever since the new 52 and just in terms of creativity. Well, they had to grade know. up for like at the start of Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what I, I don't know. I'm kind of excited. I got my I got my hopes up kind of on this. Yeah. So a couple of the ones for the Superman uh, family. You got Superman of Metropolis, which is going to be about John Kent, obviously. There's a, a new book for The Guardian, who is an underused DC character, in my opinion. Uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, Midnighter, which is going to be interesting. Wait, is it um, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda? <laughs> it just says Mr. Miracle. It's probably going to be their kid, to be honest with you, because uh, it is the future. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. It's kind of cool, you know? Um, and for some reason, they put Wonder Woman under Superman's family. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Immortal so Wonder Woman is what it's called. No. Mm. And then and then there's a new Nubia series. So Nubia is the uh, the African American in Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know cool. if she's American, but she. I mean, well, black, black. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, 
from. I just okay, don't yeah. know. She might be from. I I don't really know that canon. I didn't really. And read then it. there's there's going to be a one shot for House of L. Uh, there's going to be one for Kara Azor L Superwoman. There's going to be a Legion of Superheroes, which is already in the future. So awesome! <laughs> like... I like Lash. Lash is cool. <laughs> yeah. Brainiac Five, please come back. <laughs> and then the Justice League cover. This dude. Okay. I'm. This might be the thing exciting me most so far, is because Liz knows specifically when the New Fifty Two happened. One of the things I absolutely hated was the lack of diversity after New 52 in Justice League specifically. But I just sent you guys the cover in our group chat of Justice League number one for this reboot. And just look at that diversity. Okay, that Batman suit looks pretty cool. And is that yeah. The, yeah. the girl from Far Sector? Dude, it is. It looks it like is. it leaves him in. I think it is. That's awesome. That's uh, cool. And um, yeah. they have... Uh, so... They said and, uh, that the Wonder Woman is from South America, and people are uh, guessing that she might be Brazilian, just because you know the Amazon and Brazil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, like, like, so a Superman redesign is kind of a hit or miss for me, but I kind of dig that's like the top of the crest, like the red, kind of meshes in with like for like the cape. I kind of dig that. Like suit. the big V. Yeah, I dig yeah. that a lot actually. Yeah. And then yeah, the Batman one looks suspiciously like Batman Beyond. A little bit, but yes. I really dig it too. <laughs> Yeah, I, which I love. So, so and for is the that Justice League, Mira book, or is it's an Aqua woman? I don't think that's Mira. Maybe a kid of Aqua. I don't think that's an Aqua anybody, personally. You don't think so? It looks like she's got like Finn. Cl- oh, maybe it's like Scandal or something. Maybe I'm tripping. Who's the speedster yeah. right here? So I'm looking at the description, and they actually don't reveal too much. Um, they did say that Barry Allen, uh, Barry Allen's cut off from the Speed Force, and Wally West is famine controlled uh, from the four, four riders of the apocalypse. So um, it doesn't really say who these people are going to be. So Sorry, and is, is this a, Oh, here uh, it is. It says right here. Cool. A thread of great change runs through the justice league heroes. A new league is built upon secret identities, even from each other. Oh, damn. I'm going hella old school. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be, there's going to be a new justice league dark. And that might be pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, there's going to be a, a book. That I'm just this is the title of this one: Last Lanterns. Oh shit! Oh cool. snap, yeah. dude. Okay. I want to get that. What? And then there's one tells from the Green Lantern Corps. What were you gonna say, Liz? Just DC always like gets me. You know, they always they always <laughs> know how to get me. And then I just uh, but, but like they always want to give me perfect example. I'm flipping through the other covers, and that's Guy Gardner on the Green Lantern Future State cover. You know, Keith, so it's mm-hmm. Kilowog, John Stewart, and Guy Gardner, and I'm just like, they always know how to get me. <laughs> and then, yep, they, exactly. then they hurt me. Um, really quickly, going back to like the Justice League cover you sent us, is that um, is that still going off of like the Superman you said? Is this John? Where or Clark? Or Clark is somewhere Connor. off, or that's John. Right. Uh, okay. Clark is somewhere in space. Okay, cool, cool. Damn. So, yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. So John is in I'm... Superman's biological kid, or it's so it's not Connor. It's not Connor. It's John Kent. It's the yeah. one that's uh... hanging out with Damien right now. Oh, boo. Okay. <laughs> the one that you're like, why do they draw him hot? He's nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? Awkward. I'm looking at the Aquaman. Have you seen the Aquaman cover yet? Yeah, it looks adorable. That might be the girl in on in that group, maybe. That's what I was wondering. I mean, I don't know. It's maybe it's their tell. kid. Yeah. 
Because this is the future, you know what I mean? Like, and it's red, so. red hair. That's what, I don't know. To me, it seemed aqua design, but I'm sure you know the comments will tell me I'm wrong. But yeah. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm excited. It looks cool. Um, so yeah, DC is doing something I might be interested in. So you know, if you had that on your bingo card, go ahead and mark it off. Dude, I know. I'm like, can I, can I, is it time? Is it time to add DC back to the pull list? <laughs> I mean, hey man, this is the, these are all like one shots or just two shots. So yeah. I might give them a shot. A couple of them. <laughs> cool. So yeah, well, January, yeah. February, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, plenty of time, I guess. Hopefully, more information will come. I, I'm excited though. It looks cool. Plus, you and me can share books, so yes, we don't both have to buy all of them. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we also found out a very important secret that I'm not going to reveal yet because we're going to talk about during our reads. (laughs) Spider-Man villain Kindred, his secret identity has been revealed, and it's been a big twist. And I'm going to let Josue tell us about it later. So, yeah, after like what 52 issues, we finally got the reveal. Yeah, so I'm excited that, about that. We've got the rising prelude and like the sins and origins or whatever the fuck of Norman Osborn. So and the, those and those are expensive issues, so they count after 52 issues, <laughs> finally. Yeah. <laughs> so the other big thing I want to talk about is we do have the crossover for the King in Black coming up, that I know Josue is very excited about. Oh hell yeah! And we've gotten several books announced for it, including a Thunderbolts book, which I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also got an announcement, I don't know if you saw this this way, of a new book based around the Valkyries. Oh, no shit. That's cool. It's going to be Jane Foster as the last Valkyrie. And she's rebuilding a, quote, once mighty Valkyrie army. And she's starting with Asgardian warrior Hildegard, the X-Man Danny Moonstar. Oh, yes. And a mysterious fourth Valkyrie who has been there all along. Whew. Okay. Yeah, I'm very excited about this, and it's going to be written by Jason Aaron, and I love Jason Aaron. So, oh, damn. yeah, this is not done yeah. with all the Norse stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's really cool. I'm excited to check that out. Um, yeah, and then one thing I thought you'd find interesting because we're going to talk about X of Swords later. Uh, some fans have pointed out that during House and Powers of X, uh, during one of Moira's lives. Um, she actually, uh, there's a bit on there about as her ninth life that Moira and Apocalypse rescue the first horseman and return to Earth. Oh no shit! Okay, so I need to go back and reread that and make sure they're they're thinking it might have some kind of significance that the first horseman no no Moira, you know, and they yeah. might trust her and like that might play into the X of Swords. So I mean, we'll like, see. Like, uh, those crystals of communication things like did hit up her no space too. So she got a yep. bleed. Yep. So it's going to be very interesting. So I'm very excited. Um, that is pretty much it. Uh, let me see here. Yep. That's everything I got. Do you guys have any other news? News, news. Um, no. Good. Yeah. DC was the big thing that I saw this week. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, surprisingly interesting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. So uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, start talking about what we've been reading. As always, we start with our manga. Um, I will go ahead and knock my my others out quick. Uh, so first of all, we never learn. Um, we actually ended this arc. It was the last issue. Uh, he proposed to her, and it was cute. And they're going to get married and make babies. So good. Um. And then 
have you read any more Magu-chan? I didn't because I, I dove down in like so much fucking Spider-Man that it wasn't it wasn't just there's a, a lot of comics. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I, I forgive you this time. Um, and we did not talk about Vigilantes that came out right after we recorded last time. So we can start right. there if you want. Um, it, it was more of the back background uh, flashback. Um, oh, the fight, which yeah. was good. Yeah, we got to see Fat Gum younger. Yes, and like skinny, which was cool. And he's like flirting with girls, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And like it's great. <laughs> so, he's still like, just being the best and just offering food. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just really good. There's not a lot to talk about with this one, uh, except for, except for <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really great cliffhanger, and so it's more like, who is that Hosway? Uh, that is my number two waifu, and that is Mirko, the bunny rabbit. Uh, she's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool because we don't know too much about her. So it's nice to see her getting developed back in Vigilantes. So right, and the fact that she was like a student here, and just the the, the how fast she climbed up the ranks to being number five to what I want to say number two, but that's not right. But definitely number five and deserves to be like number two right now. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, just by default she should be at this point. Yeah, by default for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about My Hero. We got a new My Hero, right? Yes. We didn't talk about this last week? Yeah, we did. Okay. I'm surprised we haven't texted about this all week. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so the vast majority of this takes place in that nether world where, you know, all for one and one for all are like having their little like mental war while the two boys that are holding them are just basically paralyzed for the most part. Um. And we get a lot of uh, background. We also do find uh, what we probably could confirm that we were talking about last week, that the powers are, you know, personified by the people in the, in the mine that have, they're like linked to that power. Mm -hmm. I think they even said like, if they, if they're defeated there, they lose it, which was kind of a guess on my part last week. Yeah. It's like inception. You die in the, (laughs) you kill the power. They die in real life or something. That's cool. Like we, Nurse yeah, coming. I feel. <laughs> and what I think is cool is that uh, we find out that just as organs and cells house memories of sorts, every quirk factor contains a consciousness, the individuality yeah. of its wielder. So Shigaraki has a ton of quirks, but that means he also has the personality of all those people. Yes. Which is why he he's linked to his master right now because he's got that personality in him too. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going to be very, I think that's going to be a very interesting way to look at it. You know, I think we're thinking of it from Deku's point of view, but the Shigaraki angle of it's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And one thing I yeah. kind of liked that this, this little kind of moment um, and the dialogue that one, uh, one for all had, uh, or sorry, all for one, <laughs> I always get, I'm like confused, um, yeah. had with uh, Nana, um, Shimura and, it's like, okay, so they're both students. Like, they have all for ones and his student, and they have one for Hall, and they're, you know, successors, really. And I like mm-hmm. to just say how the relation, like, it's such a good parallel, I feel like, between the teaching styles, I guess, you know, that they both have. Like, all for one, um, 
they, they treat it more like a successor. Like they pass down the power that, you know, all, uh, all might is training Deku, like wanting him to be better, like parenting him. Like, it's a very, like, I would say more like a positive relationship. He can call on the previous users and they're all just like, hi, you know, great to meet you. Like, here's the power, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Like there's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like a, a teacher student type of thing. Right. But then you have one for all who's very much just using Shigaraki as a tool. You know, like he's not, I feel like interested in this kid's well-being. Everything is how can he use it to further his own goals? He's not interested in Shigaraki, I feel like, becoming his own person. I almost feel like he's just going to take over Shigaraki's body and, you know, his, uh, pers- you know, persona or whatever is going to be controlling. Like, that's the kind of impression yeah. I got. And so I think that's really cool. Like, they're setting this conflict. It's not just like these characters wants and desires it's like at a fundamental ideological level like all for one and one for all it's right there in the name but they're opposed yeah they're opposed and they're opposed for like these very base like reasons that there's not really a lot of compromise on so it'll be very i i'm like i, I like that i'm like that kind of like brings the conflict i think to a little bit more of a i don't know higher level yeah it's cool so it'll be exciting to see that's what makes me like how are deku and you know shigaraki gonna resolve their conflict with each other Hmm. yeah (laughs) and then the part where he hears the voice that says retreat take stock and live on i'm like no (laughs) this arc has been going on forever (laughs) if he just retreats and then we start over oh my god (laughs) no yeah no i think i think this is ending i think yeah he's gonna go i think they're going to they both sides have taken pretty much heavy losses at this point so yeah yeah, every, there's going to be, I'm hoping, like, some rebuilding arcs because, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, like, one of those saddest and uh, most awkward and distracting uh, school event arcs if we have, like, one right after this one. Yeah. And they're going to have to heal a bunch of people, like, so many people are critically injured, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, although really opens up a lot of uh, positions, I guess, for the younger generation <laughs> to step up so I'm, anyways i'm amazed just... endeavors made it this far i really oh had it pegged man <laughs> <laughs> it's great honestly what if he joins the school as a teacher <laughs> just kidding which would be great um no um i just want to know gran torino still still has not been seen and i'm like gran torino <laughs> please be okay please be please you know crawling okay. away somewhere maybe todoroki got him he's basically like grabbing everybody else off the battlefield so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, we get the new chapter in like 12 hours, so I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> but Tomura yeah. does look very ghoulish and super fucking cool, like when they come back out. Yeah, no, and that's what kind of like I think visually is like what was so appealing. It's like you can just see the difference between, yeah, Izuku is hurt, but uh, Shigaraki doesn't even look human right now, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, it's just like, it's just cool, like little thing. I think the artist is like, or the author, you know, he's just really showing the difference between both of these students and their um, their masters, I guess, and the fundamental ideals that they live by. But you know what doesn't look human? <laughs> fuck it, when Dobby smiles. Once you turn that back, like, fuck, that's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, right? Him and Toga, I'm just like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, man, Toga's last last page. That, I so wanted to talk about that, yeah. So we got the tease at the end of Toga and dealing with what she's basically, like, having to deal with and with the fact that, like, 
we are she obviously lost the person she's closest to mm-hmm. and she's questioning are the are they heroes because heroes are supposed to save people mm-hmm. and basically okay. she wants to talk to Asuku and your gravity and depending on the answer i'll be fine and i'm like oh that's fucking gloomy like yeah. <laughs> so- I, dude i just want to be like are we serious right now you kill people i don't really understand why this is such a you know i guess i don't think she ever really saw um twice as a villain i think that's i think that's the one that's hurting like i think uh, she's fine i think she knows her consequences i think she knows her right. psycho ass but I think she never okay. saw twice as a villain. That's why she saw that's, him as a friend. That's a good point, yeah. Because he really wasn't. He just wanted to fit in, I feel like. He never, yeah. he never really <laughs> and did And that's the reason that why she wants to ask this question to these two. Because it's really about it's about him, not even about her. Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, that does not bode well for uh, Hawks. <laughs> Hawks better uh, watch his back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's left but of based it? Based on their answer, she kills him like straight up. Fuck. Uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I knew I saved the panel of that nurse uh, for a few rainy day, yes. and now we have it. The, hmm, I'll be working hard to die today, I expect. Yeah, I love that shit. I love I've been, like, I've been using an endeavor. Yeah. <laughs> I've been using it on, like, if you see a video where someone just gets completely wiped out, like a fail video, I like to respond with that panel. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alright, uh, so that's everything for my hero unless you guys have anything else to add? No, it's just a good chapter. Like, good chapter. Yeah. Good art. This is going to be like a two-part movie. It can't be like two seasons or something. <laughs> we'll see. That'll be a lot, man. Like, <laughs> We shouldn't Dragon Ball Z this thing. <laughs> like, so. um, Alright, uh, anyone else have any other manga they want to talk about? Um, mm-hmm. No, not yet. Because I haven't read it. Okay, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about web comics. We can make that transition. Um, I am still with uh, my two main web comics, um, Dumbing of Age, where the non-binary characters still introducing themselves to everybody, and uh, it's just funny because like the the Christian girl I mentioned before is trying her very best to be as nice as possible without saying anything offensive because she's still learning, and then. Um, they have a conversation about the Ninja Turtles and they found out that there was a female one finally. And they're like, sorry, we missed out a lot of pop culture. We were homeschooled. And then she's like, for religious reasons. They're like, Ninja Turtles weren't allowed because martial arts are a gateway to Eastern religion. And they're like, same thing with Star Wars and Power Rangers and yoga exercise videos. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> like, It's just, I love it. So, And then um, questionable content's going well. That's uh, one with the the modern world with AI walking around and stuff. Uh, we're dealing with the two guys about to go on their first date to see if there's actually a romantic connection there, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, uh, we haven't quite got to the date yet, so I don't have an update, but I, I can't wait for it because it's going to be adorable. So uh, that is all the webcomics, except I did want to mention one quick one. Um, Sluggy Freelance is still going. <laughs> like, I think Sluggy Freelance is older than me. Uh, <laughs> uh, this webcomic I used to read pretty religiously. And um, it's uh, the art has never changed, which is hilarious to me. It still looks exactly the same. It's very comic strip looking. And I, I'm just amazed it's still going. So I want to give a shout out to Sluggy Freelance because I always I loved that book comic. It was great. And I just saw Marcus mention it on 
Twitter, and I was like, I should go check, and yeah, it's still there. So good for him, and um, I, he still has pretty good legion of fans that support him. So that's really cool. Um, you know, a lot of old school web comics have fallen apart unless they're like Penny Arcade. So, which I also used to love, for the record. Um, anyways, so, uh, Josue, did you have any web comics? I don't. Liz, did you? I think you did, right? I do. Yes. I yeah, have. I'm excited I to hear about this, actually. Oh my god, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, so I was browsing Twitter, as one does before bed, um, around like nine, nine thirty, and I saw a interest. I saw a post about a Kickstarter for a comic, and it was retweeted by an artist, um, or sorry, a, an author of a web comic I also read. So I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And it was like, I saw it was like a fantasy themed. Um, comic and I'm you know me I'm always looking for a good fantasy themed comic so yeah, I read it and um it's called Daughter of the Lilies and it is uh <laughs> okay so it's by um the artist is um whoops sorry I just had her information up uh Meg Sivur uh and she is the artist and the author and then her colorist is Yoko Weaver and the comic description is um the main character is Thistle. She's just your average masked mage with a mysterious power and an enig- uh, enigmatic, enigmatic sorry, past. And, of course, the great burden of destiny on her shoulders. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the ma- – it's about a masked mage. Um, and she's in a band of mercenaries, basically. And the comic begins, which what I thought was a very buff elf going through a cage. And I – I immediately was like, you know what? Why aren't elves drawn more muscular and buff? This guy's hot. I'm like, I like, I'm kind of digging this. <laughs> I'm getting, you know, this character is about to be jumped by, you know, so he's looking for basically some cave elves that are attacking people or eating people in the mines. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's going to get eaten. And then we're going to be introduced to our main character. Um, Cause that's the kind of vibe I was getting happy mm-hmm. to be wrong. He's actually one of the mercenaries <laughs> that's working with the main character. Um, and it, it's really good. Oh my god! Like the art is really, really good. It's, yeah, I'm um, looking at it right now. I like the art. It's very yeah. You will like the art. It gets better too as like the chapters go on. Like I mean, um, it's pretty consistent, and the coloring is great. The atmosphere is great. The characters are great. Um, yeah. So you have Thistle, who the entire first book, she only wears a mask, and her whole identity is very secretive. There's it's a great joke where she's getting hired by the main the leader of this mercenary band, who's a giant orc with a Russian accent named Orig, And I, I of course, love him. And uh, he's like, you know, um, asking her questions like age, like name. She's like, Thistle, you know? And he's like, "Uh, you know, your background. And she just is like, pass. (laughs) And he's like, uh, you know, like, uh, where are you from? She's like, pass. And it's just like so cute. And um, yeah, so she it's it's there's a whole mystery surrounding um, like she's kind of weird, you know. She seems like she's kind of out of place. We know that she you know got chased out of the previous town she was in and is called a monster. It's like there's a lot of like really fun mystery, I guess, around her identity. But it's not just about her. There's other characters too. So we have Orig, right? This Russian orc who's just the best. Um, there's uh, the Elven Archer who is uh, Lyra. Lyra, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. 
she's great. She's a little abrasive at the beginning, but I ended up really liking her like halfway through chapter one. And um, she's just that's awesome. amazing because you're not a dwarf. I mean, you're not an elf person. I so. know. No, this elf's great. This elf's me. Like honestly, I feel like this elf is like like she's just kind of a jerk. Um, and then there is our uh, really buff elven-looking dude named Brent, and <laughs> he's the warrior of the group and i love him uh he's so funny um he's like i thought he's just kind of like a big dumb jock you know is what you think but he's actually got a lot of layers and he's totally crushing hard on thistle the masked mage so that immediately endeared him to me mm-hmm. so um and it's great because it's like I th- one of the descriptions of the comic too is like you know he's a it's a man that hunts monsters and what if he falls in love with a woman who thinks of herself as a monster or has the face of a monster or something so it's like oh digging that digging that theme but yeah Mm -hmm. it's really fun there's like seven chapters i want to say um i blew through it all i i knew i should have stopped i was looking at it at the time and i was like i need to stop reading this but i could not (laughs) and um yeah it's a lot of fun if you like fantasy um you will like this it has a lot of like mystery too to kind of like a lot of hints that the world, it's not just your typical fantasy world. I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. things, but there is like, like, okay, we like folklords a lot. Um, yes. I, I don't get the exact same vibe. It's not like, you know, multi-dimensions or anything like that, but it's kind of like in that vein where the fantasy world is not maybe what it seems. So it's really good. I don't know, dude. The arc is really strong too. For like a first arc, I mean, I was really mm-hmm. digging it and I'm like absolutely devastated when i got to the last page <laughs> i was like no now i'm back on the weekly you know <laughs> the yeah. weekly schedule hopefully um but yeah the the book they did a kickstarter which ended tonight for the first book and i did actually i don't normally impulse buy or you know buy books and like I don't normally do this, but I did back the book because I just enjoyed it that much. And nice. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to receiving it and being able to read this like without having to rely online, like having a big full size um, yeah. pages because the I read it on my phone, which was good. I mean, it wasn't bad, but there's like a lot of detail sometimes in the pages and it's just really nice to look at. One thing I'll miss yeah. about the physical book is every page has alt text. And when you're on mobile, if you tap the page, you can read it, which is a very nice feature because normally, you know, you can't read alt text when you're on mobile. So kudos to the web (laughs) designer. Um, But yeah, I just found the story really engaging. I really like it. All the characters I just ended up loving. I love the whole band in their own way. And um, yeah, the the whole, like I said, the whole mystery of the identity. I mean, it just really, really hooked me. And there's also, sorry, one last thing. Um, the writing is really good. And in the first arc, there is just such a good moment that I was like, man, it hit me and I'm going to reread this because I liked it that much. But basically there's a character they meet where he, um, his son died. And I think it's kind of implied his son was gay maybe. And he, the father didn't, the character did not like that and kind of like disowned him, um, for it. I don't know. There, it doesn't like go into the details, but you you get the idea that there was like some sort of rift between the two of them. And I think the son killed himself, or at least he he died young. And the father has not gotten over that, and they regret it. And he's you know, it caused a lot of like it caused him to do actions that were very bad and hurt people. And one of the other characters, they come in and they give the the speech, you know, where he's just basically like, I can't move on. 
And, um, you know, what I've done is so terrible at this point. I don't deserve forgiveness. And they're like, hey, forgiveness is not earned. It's given, you know, <laughs> like you need to get mm-hmm. you need to forgive yourself. And like that's only then when you can let go and be healed. And it, it's a great arc. Like I don't want to spoil it too much. But just that dialogue alone, I was just I don't know, kind of resonated with me. And I've been thinking about it since I read it. So um, that's the kind of it's like some serious moments. And then there's also a lot of like comedy and adventure and just real good. Real good stuff. So yeah, Daughter of the Lilies, and um, definitely read it. I'm gonna send it to another person I know that might enjoy it, just because it's fantasy and it's great. Love it. Yeah, I'm saving (laughs) it right now. Um, It's at daughterofthelilies.com in case anyone's wondering. Yes. And she does have a Patreon, and you can you can donate as low as a dollar a month, and you get access to reference photos that like influence the design of the characters oh i know and you get to see the sneak peeks of stuff and yeah if you, if you do oh. if you do three you get to see the the inked but not mm-hmm. colored pages yeah and then five is you get the um you get the comics a day early so yes. that's pretty oh. good for a five dollar like uh, donation amount you know so that's really cool though yeah. I, I like the look of it i'm definitely going to be checking this out i'm going to save it to my um I know. List More people of, need to read it so I can yeah. talk about it with them because, oh, yeah, that's the, you know me, you know, we're reading Laura Olympus and I'm a sucker for the, the impossible, rom- like, romance with barriers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> with tall, grumpy dudes. And so I'm just like, yeah, that, that, that's that's another Tall, grumpy that, dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my weakness. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm just like, uh yeah, it's definitely it definitely hits every spot of enjoyment for me. So yeah, yeah. and Five then stars. I w- I will mention the ten dollar tier as well has quote lots and lots of self indulgent drawings of my characters smooching each other. Dude, I know. Like she, I've seen some of them on the web, and I'm just like, oh, tempt me, tempt me. That's so <laughs> no. great. So. Maybe next year I can do it, but yeah, nice. So. Definitely worth a look. So oh, great. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. One last thing I really like about this author is how engaged she is with the fans. Like, she has every piece of fan art she's gotten submitted. She posts on there. Um, she even posts fan fiction, which to me is like so bizarre because normally Ooh. authors stay away from that. But she actually like fan fiction is good. She'll link it, and I'm like, that's really cool because like I read a lot of fan fiction. So, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was like, oh well, if the author is endorsing it, I mean, I have to. Have to try right? <laughs> yeah, so nice. um yeah so it's like that that's cool i don't know that that's that's huge because most like ever since the whole le- i mean there's a whole history there of why authors basically are like do not show it to me do not i don't want to see it i don't want to touch legal it issue, you know? yeah Le- yeah um but i always felt bad because i'm like such fan fiction is so fun and you know fan artists get to send artists their works but fan writers you know you kind of have to just exist like when the understood agreement to not, you know, <laughs> interact. So I, I don't know. It, that, that was a cool touch too. I, I like it. She's very engaging and they, there's a subreddit and stuff that I'll be checking out. So, all right, I'm done now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Um, let's talk about uh, books. Uh, Josue, any, any non-comic books? I don't have any non-comic books. Okay. I know we have so much, um, so many comics now that it's really hard to like even, even begin yeah, even reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Liz, anything for you? Mm-mm. Okay. Fair. Just textbooks. <laughs> I have started reading a new book. 
that I thought is fascinating. And honestly, even though the subject isn't everybody's cup of tea, I think Liz, you would actually enjoy this from a historical point of view. Uh, it's called Eggshells, and it's a history of pro wrestling in the Tokyo Dome, which is the biggest like arena in to- in all of Japan. Cool. And it's just all about like three decades and the history of exactly like you know exactly what's what's happened there basically. And when I say the Tokyo Dome, this is basically bigger than any football stadium we have in the U.S. It's huge. So they only put the biggest shows there. And it's just these really cool behind the scenes ideas. And it's, it's just really interesting. And it's not, it's not just for fans. A lot of wrestling books, when I read them, they're very much just for fans. A lot of the autobiographies and stuff. But this one's just a really interesting history of a very interesting building. So um, I'm really, really enjoying it. I kept hearing it get recommended for wrestling fans. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited uh, to finish it. Uh, I haven't gotten too far into it because I'm moving currently. But it's just absolutely amazing. Um, I'm currently reading it on um, on Kindle, actually. Um, so uh, I didn't find I, it's kind of hard to find a physical copy in a lot of places. So, mm-hmm. um, but it is written by Chris Charlton, and he does a really really good job. Um, so highly recommend that if you guys are wrestling fans out there. So, all right, now we're going to move on to comics, and we are going to start with our mutual read now. A quick correction. Last week, I mentioned that we were going to move on to the Hellions miniseries. The reading order that I had was off. Um, Maybe they recommend you read the Hellions series next, but to be honest, I went and read them all, and the Hellions miniseries actually takes place after this arc. Um, Literally, the opening scene of the Hellions miniseries is the final scene of this arc. So it didn't really make sense to me. Yeah, we so I, that's why I was like, let's just go ahead and just do this this arc. Plus, I was just really excited to get to the yearbook special. So, <laughs> so um, just as a reminder, we've been reading New X-Men, uh, the one from the uh, mid-2000s, and uh, specifically 2004 in this case. And uh, this is kind of the arc where everything that's been building up basically since New Mutants comes to a head. Uh, so first of all, uh, let's talk about the covers. Um, I really liked the wallflower cover on for 12 where it looks like she's losing her shit. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah that and that happened in the comic. No, but it was a great cover. <laughs> I mean, it kind of did. And I absolutely, I absolutely love the North star cover cause that, that issue broke me. Oh yeah. I mentioned last week I was telling us way I was reading our mutual reads and I started crying. It was that issue. No. And it was Hellion being like, like, this is where flying class takes place. And they're like, he's gone. He's like, but I want to fly. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, am I really going to cry uh-huh. over a 16-year-old X-Men comic book <laughs> like, that like, I've read a hundred times, you know? His own way. It was good. Yeah. So, so basically, everything goes out in the open for what, what's going on with Wolfsbane and Josh. Even though the relationship ended already mm-hmm. we find out about it so um we also open up with the really cool danger room exercise where it's the exact same one that david saw in his vision of the future yeah, yeah. so that freaks him out because he's like this is exactly what happened before you know and then he's he's overly cautious with surge because he doesn't want her to get hurt now and like it's just really interesting so um 
I thought it was really cool, and we do kind of see the other characters a little bit more, the other teams, even if just little moments in the background and stuff. Yeah. But, um, and then we find out, you know, then Kevin turns them in, and it's just bad. Uh, so let's talk about the Josh uh, Rain finale of everything that happened. Let's just talk about the relationship as a Drama whole. To start there. I, I will start with Liz because I know she has thoughts. She has to. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just like, somebody play the song. The long night is over. I'm so happy this is done. <laughs> no, actually, I really did kind of like how it ended, whereas um, everybody got in trouble. That was actually the best thing I could hope for. Mm-hmm. Um, they treated it super serious. I like, um, I really like Danny. She's just like, he is 16. <laughs> like, And how Josh yeah. is like, but I pursued her. And he's like, well, then she should have said no. And I'm like, great. I really like that. I really like that he, um, that, you know, she's like, it's not your fault. She knew better because she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, you know, it, it was a bit hilarious to me that, Emma and Scott are lecturing her on appropriate boundaries, I guess, in the workplace. <laughs> I gotta say, maybe that's not who, I mean, I just thought, I kept waiting for Rain to, like, fire back at them, but, I, I, you know, that's a, it's a, that it goes both ways, I guess. I mean, you know, if the man who's telling you that made out with his new girlfriend over his dead wife's grave is telling you acted inappropriately, I guess that's, uh, you've kind of hit a new low. So no, yeah. overall I liked it. I, I, it was kind of cool because I've actually read X factor first and I yeah. know, uh, she, you know, rain joins them and, um, and then she leaves, um, I think, but it was, that, that was cool to read like where it came from. So yeah, good. One thing, one thing that kills me about it is like she ends the relationship obviously. And we, we do get the impression that it never went anywhere beyond kissing. Right. Um, but um, she ends the relationship, and it's been we, we like they kind of lay it out that it's been a while since that happened. It's not like it was last week, you know. And yeah, they so, did say like last semester. I think it ended. So yeah, and so better. and it was before she was a teacher, for the record. Um, but um, the part the part where she's walking home with Danny, and she's like, she never understood how like great being a teacher could be and she's like i get it now it's really great to be finally be happy and that's when things come crashing down and if that's not the most wolfsbane thing to happen i don't know what is oh totally like i was like i was like gutted for her that and she's she seems genuinely happy she's doing the right thing and the kids like her that's Mm -hmm. the thing like and she might be the best thing for the kids but she did make a mistake and like liz said she was held accountable for it yes so which and I agree was that it's sad, it's but tough, but yeah, I, I, you know, of course, um, there's other, there's another, this is X-Men. So I do actually have another issue of like, she was held accountable, but a certain other character wasn't held accountable for, in my opinion, something much worse, but we will get to that in a few issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm trying to think. Um, yes. Oh, I know. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yes. Cause that bothered me too. Um, and then we see, cause we talked about uh, Sean Garrison last week about, we already talked about he's wallflowers father. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how everybody, everybody seems to just be tricked by this dude. And I was telling you, there's a scene coming up with Scott and Emma where it seems like they're, they're totally under his spell. If you will, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, it was too easy. Yeah, 
So I, I think he has a really supreme mastery over his powers, the thing. And if you are so, if someone's so good at like seducing you, you know, mentally, like emotionally, then you won't read his mind. You know what I mean? Like you'll trust him. So I think that's a good way to get around the whole, like Emma should have read his mind kind of like idea. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that makes sense to me personally. So, uh, but yeah. And then, um, he says he'll start, you know, he'll help out with some of the kids basically. So, um, but yeah, so Ron or Rain uh, gets punished, and then Wallflower finds out in the worst possible way because Julian oh, runs his mouth. That's so great. <laughs> I actually did feel bad for Laurie in that case. Like he basically ever like I don't agree with the kids freezing Josh out for this, but I totally understand why they all took her size because, like, dude, yeah, she just was absolutely devastated. And um, yeah. oh my. One of my favorite moments from that issue, by the way, where <laughs> is the shot of Kevin watching Josh and Lori like walk off together, and then literally he just stares at them, and then the next thing he's going into, he's like, "Miss Emma, I need to talk to you." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I love it." I was so funny. I was like, "I love That's Kevin a little shit. so much." I just like he just sees them, and he's just like, "He's like, how dare they be happy?" And he's like, "I need to make a report." <laughs> So yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the arc ended on a great way. I did not enjoy the arc from the beginning or the middle, but I did like the ending. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Lori using her powers on Josh to make him go away. Yeah. And everybody made a big deal out of that. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm like that, that, that one didn't piss me off. No, I mean like, yeah, he really did later. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of harassing her. You know what I mean? Was. Like, and if like she has the capability, mad, and nobody gets mad when like Sophia like blows Julia, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of it's a little bit of a double standard. They're all like, "Oh, how dare you!" It's like so she doesn't use physical force, but you know, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, it is manipulation to a degree, but but I mean, like literally, if she had maced him, would they've been upset? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, like she just made him terrified, and he and it was like less than a minute, and then he. It was a. Friend. It was a very nonviolent way to get rid of somebody harassing you, in my opinion. Right. So. And she was emotional, and she's also a teenager. So I think, like, yeah, yeah they're treating her now like it, it led to her tr- the arc of her being treated like a bomb, basically. And I'm I'm like that sucks because. Yeah. Yeah, and that might be maybe they just planned that arc, so this was their way of setting it up. Um, yeah. But it was, a little, it was a little clumsy, in my opinion. Yeah, and then we get we get her having a fight with her mom. So, uh, so the next issue is the one where we find out that North Star has passed away uh, mm-hmm. at the hands of Wolverine. So, Josue, talk to talk to me about this arc because I wanted to get your opinion on it. I mean, I'm I'm I can't remember when this happened. Is this partially a different in a different issue? I assume. Um, it, it was it was in the X Men series, but it was only like a two issue arc. It wasn't a big yeah. deal. I, and I figured this would be like a time. It was, was mind controlled by the hand. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, there's some parts where we're just like, okay, that came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> this is like the side story of it, you know? Right. I figured there was a time so. to explain what happens in the school or post because he was important to obviously the students. But I'm just gonna skip ahead a little bit when they run the autopsy and they just be like, well, the first thing we gotta do is cut off the head from the spine because we're worried about the hand taking, taking over the body. It's like, that is like the randomest first thought to have over like a loved one, like this corpse, but sure. And then, Oh fuck, I guess it does happen. But still it was like, that thought was just like, we got to do this gruesome thing just in case. Yeah. Um, but the part that really hit me was 
because like where we're at now with X Men is is uh Victor just being yep. like yeah like he like he was the one that understood me like I could actually talk to him and we all know why now but oh man like they weren't out then and just fuck this was just really hurt just seeing like, again like where we're at now like knowing these characters and it was just it meant obviously it meant a lot for for just at the very least Victor and it was just it was very emotional just being here and then yeah like the next yeah. thing we could have uh Julian just trying to get back into his own normal about going back to flying class it was it was it was cool just like kind of seeing like how these kids actually do deal with uh, to us like superheroes die superheroes come back whatever we'll wait for him but to these characters it just it's cool how they just really get to reflect back on like somebody somebody that's actually close to them just as much as they were close to us yeah yeah i really uh, this is one of my favorite issues of the entire run to be honest because mm-hmm. i'm a big north star fan i always really really like north star and, and i always like i like Annalite quite a bit too you know uh-huh. so and they call him like oh, he was such a tightwad, or he was like, was like a, a, in this issue as a teacher. Uh, but yeah, he was still very likable. Oh yeah, the funeral was great. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love is that it's uh, karma that takes over, and how Victor's like, you know, it's not the same, and he doesn't know that karma's by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like it's not exactly the same kid, but actually, it's but okay, you, you know, like yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love the flying class. That, that's probably my favorite moment in the entire series or entire issue to me. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, him flying with with Sophia, and you get an impression of how they're like, like they're actually a really adorable couple. <laughs> like, I really like them. So yeah, so to stop being so jerky. A fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, right. In general, but no, I did like that. Like that moment of vulnerability. I guess that and you know he's nice. Yeah. And Sophia's bonding with him. It was good. I mean, that's, um, that's a teenage dude. You know what I mean? Like, you put up yeah. the front around your friends, but when you're with the girl you like, you, you can be a little sensitive, you know? Like, right. Let's his guard down. But, you know, it's annoying, yeah. so I hope he uh, improves. Um, oh, yeah. So can I just say it's only in X-Men would there be a student assembly where everyone has to come in to hear announced how one of their teachers killed another teacher <laughs> on campus in front of the students but it's okay because the teacher that you know committed the murder was being controlled by a terrorist organization, and that he is um, hey, currently a terrorist ninja organization. Yeah, terrorist ninja organization, <laughs> and that um, we're all hoping he recovers and heals quickly. So you know, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. And I just was like, but Rain has to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah and then you have to go back to class because you know what in the next issue what's wolverine doing he's setting, setting up the decorations table. for the prompt for the school dance and i'm like how is like poor um what was that the the kid with um what was north star's team called like oh like wolverine is there Alpha yeah, Alpha Squadron has to go to the dance, and freaking Wolverine is there. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, oh, he recovered real quick, didn't he? Uh huh. Yeah, it didn't that take him long. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, like I know Rain left voluntarily, but I'm just like, okay, like I feel like, you know, I don't see Wolverine getting lectured. But everybody's like, oh, Wolverine, <laughs> glad you're back. You know, glad you're back, Mr. Logan. Or, oh, was it my fault? Like, I'm just like, wow, okay. But you know, that's yeah. X Men, so. It was just funny to me. I was laughing when I read it. Well, I mean, like, even so, Josh had a moment where he just, like, like Wolverine used to be, like, my favorite, and it's because he was savage. He could just do anything, and it wasn't until today mm-hmm. where I just find out, I found out what anything meant. I was like, holy shit, that was pretty dark and deep. 
Yeah, that's a really cool moment, too. And that's a really good reflection of, like, yeah, Wolverine's the cool badass that kids love, but he's also an uncontrollable animal sometimes, yeah. you know? Like, like it's really interesting, like, to think about it like that way within, within that universe, because, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of justified it where I was like, okay, well, I guess I know that there's a lot of X-Men, but maybe it's just limited and... I mean, he's a good, you know, you work with what you got kind of situations, but it is a little bizarre to me that they're just like, yeah, so he killed one of our teachers, but, you know, he's cool now. He's going to be. <laughs> well, I mean, this, I mean, this is the same group that had the Dark Phoenix, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but, you know. This is old uh, hand for them. <laughs> that's, that's true, I guess. <laughs> like, they're, they're literally their founder. His hey. power is to control minds. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, Dark Phoenix was a domestic dispute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Sorry. As dark. Um, yeah, no. No, it, it is true. Yeah, yeah that, like, that's why I said it's only an X-Men will you ever see these kinds of shenanigans where I'm just like, is this school accredited? Like, is there, you know, does the state of New York, like, ever investigate or keep tabs, social services? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. But it was funny. And then so we got we go to the graveyard. And uh, can I just say, I want every one of those statues as a miniature statue for my shelf. Oh, yeah. I want the Ileana one the most. The most, right? Yeah. It's so fucking dope looking. So, yeah. And then I love that Karma shows Alpha Squadron the statue first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know. Yeah, Karma's really nice. I like her. Yeah, I love that character. I always have. Like, she's really great. Um, and then the funeral. We get the funeral, which is really well done, I think. Um <laughs> I think I think the interesting thing is Iceman reading the the prayer. That was the, that was the irony one. <laughs> because uh, okay, so we've talked about this vaguely in the past, so I'll lay it out. Um, I disagree with Iceman being gay. Okay, and the reason for that is because there's basically one X Man they've established canonically is not gay, and it's Iceman. <laughs> like because there's an amazing issue with Northstar where he has a crush on Iceman. And he keeps flirting with them, but Iceman's oblivious to it. And then the the end of the story is Iceman's straight. You're not going to make him gay. Like, uh, and it's a really interesting thing, and it's a great message, and it's something that unfortunately people who are LGBT run into way more than straight people, which is just because you're attracted to that person doesn't mean they're attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting story and a really well, and the way Northstar handled it was really well. And I really enjoyed that. And it was one of my favorite X-Men stories for a long time. And then they're just like, no, it's like he's gay. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I guess he just didn't like Northstar. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, that bothers me so much now. So right. then he, him reading the poem I, I, or the prayer, I thought that was kind of cool that he did that. Cause Northstar, that to me in my head, that's him still having a connection to Bobby, even though Bobby's like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll do it. You know? So I dig that, which one what you said, because it was like, basically, yeah, basically this Iceman, it was the one that never came out. And it wasn't until Bendis did the whole time displacement. Uh, yeah. X-Men, and it wasn't until it was, it was that Bobby that I got to kind of get familiar with the modern world. And then he got to be okay. Or he kind of like, it was, yeah. it was Jean who couldn't control her psychic powers and be like, hey, um, you know you're gay, right? So it's kind of like that itself was. Well, kind yeah, of like, but then but then the modern one also came out. Yeah, that's what bothered he kind me. Of and I was came out to himself was kind of a weird thing to do. Yeah, but, uh, it was weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But but anyways, I don't want to make a big deal out of that. But that's that's why this is this is a throwback to that. It's not just because Iceman would later come out as gay. It's because they had a connection because of the, that issue. Mm-hmm. of him basically being in love with Iceman and the nurse, the school nurse is the one that found out 
And she's like, really? Iceman? He's such a prick, basically. <laughs> like, so it's really great. That was when Northstar was an X-Man, and he was one of the best parts of Marvel. It was so good. That's cool. So, um, and then we get a Sasquatch appearance, which is great. Uh, love me some Sasquatch. Yeah. Um, we get Beast reading a poem. That's cool. And then, uh, yeah, it's just a really good tribute to Northstar. Unfortunately, we know he, like in X-Men, he comes back four or five issues later, which actually is a really great moment that I don't think is in this book where the first person he sees is Victor. Oh, and he's cool. brainwashed, though. He's brainwashed by the hand. And Victor's like, Mr. Bouvier, you're back. He's like, I've missed you so much. And then Northstar takes a shot at him. Damn it's it. just like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> like, so... Uh, the next issue is the dance, and we get to switch back to that art that we loved so much for last time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't <say> anything. <laughs> it's great. I actually, I, I genuinely love this art. Mm. I just don't want it to be a comic book. <laughs> Look, I really want this to be it's, an animated cartoon or something. Yeah, like, it's grown on me. I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah. yeah, I just still just like the characters are teenagers, and I'm just like. I don't know if the artists just that's just they just didn't care or like they just wanted to draw like there's a shot of Sophia pressed up against uh, Julian and I, I I zoomed in because I was just oh like, during what? the during the dance itself during the, yeah they cl- they're like uh, yeah you know, I know the one you're talking dancing, about and I'm like oh my god like this girl is what 15 and I'm like that's not a 15 year old's body <laughs> like it's just very sexualized like all the all the women are just super sexualized and I think that's like my yeah. main kind of Ugh, but you know, it, it know. Has, when, it's stylistic. When Amara approaches Josh, it's like oh, again, like we're trying to get over this lesson, but then we're dressing Amara like this for the well, day. And I also couldn't. Yeah, right. That, 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 there's a disconnect. And, and it's Amara. Like yeah. if anyone yeah. knows anything about Magma, <laughs> like that's yeah. a problem. And it's like that. So there's the disconnect between the art, I feel like, and the storytelling, and then um, or the narrative. And then um, I also can't tell: is Amara a student or a teacher, or an adult, or a you know? I, I honestly She's a teacher. can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought because that's what the story was saying. But the way she was drawn, she looked exactly like all the students looked exactly like that. So I was just yeah. like, oh, I was, con- I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna worry about it unless they start making out. So I was yeah. like, okay. But that's 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 all. I guess that's my only criticism of the art um, in this yeah. case. So much. So in this, we start having the group pairing off as dates for the dance. Uh, Prodigy is going to go with Wallflower as friends, so they'll have fun. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that Surge is the one that basically told them, hey, you need to stop freezing Josh out. This is bullshit, basically. Yeah. So this is one of the times that she kind of turns around for me. That's why I was like, I think she'll turn around a bit for you guys because she is the outsider, so she can see the outsider's point of view. You know what I mean? Like She's oh, like, yeah. what you guys are doing is bullshit, basically. Yeah, at this point, she was definitely still outspoken or definitely being angry like the way David was treating her, but she wasn't her surge self the way we got to know her at first, which is why I actually dug her in this book. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hellion uh, asks Gwen Dancer, and she tells him to fuck off, basically. Uh, no, she's just like, oh, no, I think I'm good. You're a little too arrogant for me. And then Wither is like, hey, <laughs> like really desperately, like, Glad hey, you and Josh broke up. <laughs> and she's, you want to go to the dance? She's like, I'm going with David. He's like, oh, yeah. I He's like the like, line, so you again. stepped in. I was like, ugh, it's gross, man. But um, also you see here um, that Hellion mentions maybe spending the summer with Sophia. Uh, at yeah, his yeah. parents' house. That's the Hellions miniseries. Is them at the parents' house. 
Got it. Okay. Oh, dope. So, okay. yeah. And she's not there. It's just the Hellions. So, um, and then we cut to the, the blob. And I love the picture of him sitting on the couch. It's just Broken. a ridiculous. <laughs> it's just such a great, ridiculous picture of the blob. I love it. Like, uh, so good. Um, but yeah. And then we, we keep getting the impression that, um, uh, Karma is just overwhelmed handling two squads and the younger kids. Oh God, I felt that so deeply in my because I, I I identified <laughs> with you so much, Karma. I'm like, yeah, I know how that feels. You're just exhausted and so much responsibility, and everybody needs a hundred percent of your focus. And I'm like, I know, I know, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and then I absolutely loved. Um, this is probably my favorite scene in this issue which is when Jay asks Dust if she wants to go to the dance, and she's like, I'm not comfortable with it. He's like, no, that's fine. I understand. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's how to take a soft no. You know what I mean? Like, So that's really cool. Yeah, like, I really okay. like... He, he gives, I like how he's always like inclusive, you know? Like, he's always like... Yeah. He, sees somebody, he sees people on the outskirts, and he's just like, hey, you know, like, I'm going to go say hi. Um, I always like those kids, you know, in school, and so yeah. I always try to be one of those kids, so I'm just like, I yeah. like that. He's Even sweet, like- except... Oh god! Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, even as a nice guy, he didn't come off as like I'm doing this out of pity, you know? Like it was no, really no, much no. like I get this outside your element. Would you still want to? And I was just right. she was like, no, it's cool. And I was like, I right, that's fine, it's cool. Well, just I got yeah. the impression too. It's like he would have asked like anyone that he, you know, like he. Mm-hmm. It was like a friendship thing. Like he's like, hey, like you're a friend. Are you interested? In, we're we're all going. Do you want to come? And you know, she's like an introvert, and she's like, yeah, no, thank you. And he's like, okay. But he's like yeah. going out of his way to make sure she knows that she can come. Like they're not, you know, yeah. even though she's like introverted, they're not. Like he's aware. And I was like, well, that's sweet. I like that. Um, I like that it's it's almost like an instruction manual for how this kind of thing should go well. You know what I mean? Like he literally opens with, I hope it's okay. Me stopping by like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like really interesting. And then it's okay. I knew. And she's like, I'm not comfortable with this. I do not wish to hurt your feelings. He's like, no, it's not about me. I figured you'd say no thought I'd ask. And I'm like, that's literally exactly how that interaction should go all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately, obviously it doesn't, but yeah. Uh, So I really, really like that. Jay is again, one of my favorite characters. So does that relationship Um, ever progress anything beyond uh, friendship? Keith? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, Okay. That doesn't mean yes or no. I will tell you that right now. Like We're about to hit a very, very major event. Yeah. Yeah. And and the status quo is going to change greatly. Is what we'll say. Okay. Oh so. no. <laughs> Bye, Jay. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> um, so we get Elixir and Surge talking, and Elixir spills the beans about David's little future vision because he's. He's he's upset his friends I, are ignoring him. I'm not. I, I don't blame him. Okay, I mean, no. David was also kind of spilling it, like just being very vague, and it was literally bothering everybody. When he was like, "Oh, Jay, but don't use your healing powers," and he's like, oh, "Wait, why? Why does he want yeah. to say, say something else?" And it's like, "Oh, I can't say anything. It's just, it's just my vision." But yeah, <laughs> it's just my vision. Uh, why? Okay, how, I've missed that. How did Elixir know what happened? Because he wasn't there. The roommates. And... I'm pretty sure you just told David him. told him. Just... David told him. Oh, we did tell it, him. It happened. Okay. It happened in a scene. Uh, okay. so. alright that's funny Man. yeah and then um, the shot of Wither like on the outskirts of the dance floor staring creepily <laughs> like, oh, it's oh, great need to like <laughs> I, don't, I, I still love him I'm, I'm sad if he's yeah mm. and then the fact that Julian went to the dance with all of the Stepford Cuckoos oh my Excellent. god 
I mean, like, and it's cool, it's cool because, like, I know, like, how they work with their relationship with Cable now, but yeah. that's not how they work at it in this relationship. I just think we shouldn't be okay the way Julian was just being fucking Julian. I think they're just like he's the star of the school, and they're the kind of girls that want to like you know they're the yeah. prom queens. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. So, and then um, I love Quill just being like, "Hey, you want to dance?" And Nori being like, "Sure." Okay. Like, yeah. Just out of nowhere, short king. <laughs> like the surge that had kind of agreed to go with Josh as like the two bummed out ones. Quill comes yeah. like, "Yo, you actually want to have some fun and dance?" Like, "Yes, get me out of this depressed corner." <laughs> Yeah, I like that he has to introduce himself. Like he feels like, yeah, yeah, you don't know who I am, but the confidence of that, like walking up to somebody and assuming they don't know who you are, but asking them anyways. Oh, short king, short king all day, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, and then Amara shows up in a sexy slinky dress and has an awkward dance with Josh. So yeah, and then Liz, there's the shot of Sophia and Hellion together, which is. Yeah. If they like were adults, this would actually be an amazing drawing. It's just yes. that they're kids that it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. it's straight straight up like reminiscent of like a Bond, you know, and a Bond mm-hmm. girl. Like yes. it's that kind of like silhouette. And I was like, I like it, but the 15, you know, so. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I like the line of her being like, it's not enough to date one Stepford Cuckoo. And he's like, it could have been worse. There used to be five of them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Julian. And then we see this is where Lori went too far. Uh, and I'm assuming this is what you're referring to earlier, Liz, where Lori saw Josh talking and dancing with Amara and forces David to kiss her with her pheromones. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, no, that's not what I was. I was, th- I was mad about oh. Wolverine killing a teacher and, um, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then just going back to school, like nothing happened, but no, this was messed. Okay. You know, again, um, I see that they're setting this arc up. But man, do I feel like people are reacting so strongly to this. Whereas, you know, Julian has, I feel like, done just as annoying and comparable stuff to. I mean, like, there's like people like they physically mess with the, each other all the time. But this yeah. is like, she shouldn't be doing it. I'm not excusing that. I mean, I'm yeah, saying yeah. Like, what she did was wrong, especially like, yeah, forcing him to kiss her was wrong but at the same time i'm like i feel like man they are like reacting like she is like gonna you know start becoming well the purple man basically yeah you know it's just like they're 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 reacting like she is going to i don't know i just feel like they're react like the mother man it was like she's crying because her boyfriend dumped her or sorry cheated kind of not really cheated but whatever she felt like he cheated on her yeah and the Mm -hmm. mother's like but you used your powers? Like, she just turned that conversation into that. And I'm just well, like... Well, I mean, if you look at her yeah. from the mom's point of view, the no, mom was I, basically indentured to the, the dad. Yeah. No, I understand. You like, know? the mom's, like, trauma... She, you know, it's her trauma. That's a trigger. And, you know what and, I mean? Yeah, yeah, she was triggered, and that's what she focused on. But that was obviously not what Laurie needed. And mm-hmm. I feel like... I, I just hope Danny gets to talk to... Like, gets to work this out. Because Danny is actually doing... I feel like a really great job mentoring these kids through all these. She hardships. is amazing. Like, if anything, like she Such really a good is character. Like, anchor to the whole thing. Everything. I'm honestly like, why is it Moonstar or Mirage uh, more in more stuff? Because I love her in this. So. She's been in New Mutants a lot lately. In the New New Mutants run, new which we one. really enjoyed. Right, so. but I'm just like, she should be like in the movies. She should be in the yeah. TV show. I'm like, I just want to see more of. She's a great character. I really like yeah. her. Um, the other part I, of it, though, I, that I need to address with with her doing that is she not only made David kiss her, she made David kiss her in front of Surge. 
so uh, I, didn't, I didn't think oh, about it. Well, that was it. That was like more like a byproduct. It, that was not. Well, the yeah. Well, no, it's, it's not, it's not like collateral. she meant to do that. But I'm just saying. And then also, that might be his first kiss. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, and she didn't that, out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of felt this. I was, I was, I was behind it. So, um, yeah. So, um, we're, we're going to, we're doing the thing. The X-Men are leaving and the blob is going to show up. So we go to the prize giving ceremony, which I think this is very funny. So like, um, the prize giving ceremony is there and they actually cut away. You don't find any of the prizes except for the Hellions one best team, basically, <laughs> which I thought was great. Everybody's reaction. Um, to that was great. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yes. I love, I love rain in the dumpster digging from Jamie, which is a nice tie to the Madrox series. I love it. Yeah. Um, just, oh God, I love that series so much. So, um, and I do like the fact that Karma's trying to play the peacekeeper between the two. And um, okay, so moving on to the prize giving ceremony, I, I do love that she's announcing it, and and Julian stands up before she even says, what a fuck. <laughs> right. "Yeah, so he's so the, great." He knows he's the king. what was he voted for? Most likely to be an X Men in the yearbook. I'm like, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you go so. on this kid. <laughs> and I like that Josh is trying to be outraged. He's like, "What a waste!" And they're like, "Shut the fuck up, Josh!" Like, see, <laughs> like, we fucked up all year. Don't even start. <laughs> We're arguing right now. <laughs> I want to be yeah. like Josh. Wasn't it your fault the hospital wing blew up? Like, <laughs> wasn't it your yeah. fault we're all fighting right now, Josh? <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Josh, weren't you part of a mutant hate group? Like, it's just like... <laughs> just... part of all of this was a waste, dude. <laughs> You're the fucking worst, Josh. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> so we get this cool fight scene with the Blob, uh, where the only X Men really present are uh, Magma and Moonstar. So, um, and then I love, I love the FBI agent dude, like that. He just keeps popping in sometimes. Yeah, it's great. Don't mind him. <laughs> yeah. He's cool. He seems nice. I like Mirage's little, like showing Bob his worst fears. Yeah. Yes. And cool. just everybody calling him a freak. Basically. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> and even Wolverine being like, you're not even a yes. good fight. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. uh... all his crippling self doubt and insecurities that that's why it's like man that's like such a cool power i gotta say like it, you don't think it will be in combat but mm, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool and then it's cool like the student body has to come together and work and basically like do their own thing together as a group to do it and it's basically the Huggins and the mutants that do it mm-hmm. um yeah. the others are backup but yeah um, team a and t or class a and class b <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I gotta say though, um, this would have been a great time to exemplify my Jin Dupe's power. <laughs> I would like to see him versus the Blob. See what happens with that. <laughs> but yeah. alas, I scoured <laughs> these issues, by the way, because it was like the most background characters, especially at the school dance. I was like yeah. literally zooming in on every page, looking for his little pink happy face. But he, has, like, got, he has probably got expelled or something. Like he's probably a bad student. Maybe he graduated. Yeah. I like to think like he was a senior. <laughs> That's what and, I think you know, it is. He's graduated. <laughs> he's living in New yeah. York, you know. <laughs> Graphic design, something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we see Lori and her mom are getting along, but it seems like the new X Men or the new mutants are falling apart, which takes us to our last issue, which is the yearbook special. Uh, I love the yearbook special. I actually used to read this occasionally just for fun, like on its own when I was bored, because mm-hmm. I just love digging through it and it's fun. Most of it. Uh, well, first of all, I want to ask you about the art. What do you think of the art on this one? That's not bad of a change. 
It's okay. I, I love that. Um, I like it actually, but I love the way they draw Elixir's face. He looks like the most cherubic little pop star. <laughs> like he looks so oh freaking God, yeah. Justin Biebery. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like it always makes, makes me laugh when this artist does that. So, um, I actually like Mozart's yeah. design. Like she actually looked authentic, like native, like uh, indigenous. You know. Yeah, yeah, without being too over the top and yeah. ham- ham-fisted, yeah. Oh, really? Um, I don't know. Uh, we were laughing at <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is on her neck? I'm sorry. I, I don't know what the artist... I don't know what they were on trying On her neck? To... Yeah, oh, that the, the choker. Thing? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a choker, but it's like that. I don't... I'm not oh, sure oh and later, like later, uh, later, later pages. I was looking at the early pages. Yes, yeah. So. so, I don't know. I mean, okay, but then I have to remind myself, this was, I think, written in like, what, 2003, 2004? Oh, so, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm like, all right. I guess like Google image search wasn't maybe, and like Wikipedia and stuff wasn't maybe like, you know, as good. YouTube wasn't even, or no, YouTube was 2004. YouTube, I don't know. You know, whatever. it was, it was, it was probably maybe uh, the research could not have been, could have been a little better, but whatever. Not her yeah. face. Her features were just like actually like like pretty dope, like pretty good. The face is good though. Yeah, I like. Yeah, the well. lips are really nice, and the nose, and like mm-hmm. just yeah, just the way the structure of face is really great. Um, so basically the whole point of this is that a lot of the new mutants want off the squad. So they're falling apart and we get to see right away, Julian and Sophia kiss, <laughs> which felt really weird to put it right there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, but then he says, you know, I gotta, I gotta run. The Hellions are waiting for me. That's where the Hellions mini series starts is right there, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, and so basically she's like, you know, your people want to transfer. And then Sophia's like, I have the solution. Campfire. <laughs> like, so they just said to have a campfire to work out their differences. And I really enjoyed this story because it literally is a way to resolve a lot of their issues. Um, like all in one night. And I think pretty much every major issue was addressed. And the thing that I really like about it is they first start to try to resolve their issues and basically all they do is re-air their issues with each other. Yeah, it's basically everybody's like mad at Josh and they all say why and they're basically like, Josh, yeah. you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's when, you know, Lori's like, I used my pheromones and like, it's just this whole thing. And basically, and Josh punches Prodigy. Oh no, and the, the best part about that is that Sophia's like trying to get them to stop fighting and they won't stop yelling at each other. And she's like, stop. And they don't stop yelling. So then she uses her powers to basically like make it so the wind carries their words away so they can't hear what they're saying. And then that's when Josh and Prodigy just start throwing hands. And I'm just like, I love it because Prodigy's literally like sarcastically clapping at Josh. (laughs) It's so funny. I was like, like, I'd have hit him too. (laughs) I know. No, it's great. It's like they can't hear each other. They're both just screaming at each other. And then like when she takes the weight, they can't hear. And after like a minute of that, they just start punching. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, boys. (laughs) Yeah. But it's great because this all happens and then Jay's like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you guys are too much drama. I'm too laid back for this shit. It's like later. And then, so yeah, it all comes down to, once again, Jay being the best. And so Jay's just sitting there playing and Josh walks up to him and Josh basically lays out everything from his point of view. 
And that is where we get the most cherubic-looking Josh fo- pitcher ever. Oh, the bottom corner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, holy shit, that looks like a little kid. But I love it because Josh is basically able to tell Jay, who doesn't judge anybody, everything and exactly what happened. And, you know, the, Ron- the rain thing went too far and he knows it. And it was over before he started dating Lori. And, or, or, you know, like before he really started seeing her. And, like, he's just like, you know. And that's when Josh realizes everybody else overheard. So we start to hear the bridges being built again, you know? Yeah. And I, I like, say, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Can I just say, I did love it that Jay was like, Hey, weren't you part of a mutant hate group? And Josh was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's before I knew I was a mutant. So, and I'm like, so that makes it okay. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. The appropriate answer is, I didn't understand what I was a part of. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, I only hated mutants when I wasn't one. <laughs> right. Or like, I was wrong. I was trying to fit it. No, no. I was just like, this is Josh. This is why everyone is mad at you. But that's okay. <laughs> and then I like that. Okay. So him and Lori work out their fr- their stuff first. And I really like that he's like, so we're good. We're, and she's like, we're friends. The rest we'll see. I like that that wasn't like, oh, Josh. And she jumped into his arms, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, um, and then her and David work her th- their thing out, which is a minor thing compared to everything else, because David's the most understanding person on the planet. Um, and he's like, you know, I never thought you were weak. There'll be other dances, which I think is cute. And then I love Josh and Prodigy with their hands in their pockets apologizing to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great image. Such you know. a forced apology where they're just like, okay, we're just going to move on. <laughs> they're just like kicking the rocks. Just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. No forgiveness I, was given. <laughs> seriously. And I, lo- I love that Josh is just like, notice I didn't apologize for punching you. <laughs> like, I was like, fucking Josh. <laughs> like, so... Um, and then it's like, oh, everything's tied up. And then Serge is like, uh, not everything, motherfucker, and walks off, basically. So then we get we get David and uh, Serge having their conversation. I think this could have gone on one more page, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It felt like yeah. basically a page and a half to resolve their whole issue. It would have taken longer for me. And then they kiss, and it's cute. Or maybe if they just didn't kiss at the end. I don't know. I, I like the kiss. It, it's, yeah. Well, I just think it's like you said. Like, they kind of, like, are just – she's basically, like, stop being crappy to me. You know, like, you like me, and you're trying to, like, overcompensate for that fact, and it's not cool. And then she's like, okay, now come here and kiss me. And I was like, oh, my God, Serge. But uh, she was way <laughs> less annoying to me in this issue than – or in, in, like, this these six issues that she's been – for the majority mm-hmm. of the run. So I will give her credit. She was showing a lot more maturity. I felt. And um, also just like less selfishness. I don't know. So she cool. spoiler alert. She's a future leader. That's um, how much she matures. Oh, good. for her. Yeah. She, she's really cool. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, hmm. <laughs> I, I love the, I, I absolutely love the two bottom panels. Mm-hmm. Where it's them kissing in the background, and the rest of the group wakes up long enough to look, and then goes back to sleep. And I was like, yeah, excellent. that was cute. That was funny. Like that's what this comic has. Like it has a lot more humor, and, and yeah. some of it I feel is a bit unintentional. Like I don't know if I was supposed to find Kevin's like expression hilarious when he's just glaring at Josh and Laurie, and then he's like immediately reports Josh yeah. for, and Rain for misconduct. But I did find it, and but then yeah, they'll have moments like that where it's just like it's just funny and goofy, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty solid book. I, I'm honestly like, why haven't they adapted this already? Honestly, yeah, this is a great young adult series, you know. 
Yeah. Like I know Runaways is like the shiny new one, but this one is honestly really solid too. Um, especially yeah. if X Men are you know going to be part of the Disney umbrella yeah. MCU. <laughs> or just so yeah, many random powers to just try to like wow us on from screen, you know? Yeah, we there's been rumors that we're going to get an X Academy book. It keeps getting rumored, and when we read uh, the Giant Size series recently, they bought an island from Namor and built a building that could easily be a new school. So we'll I'm see. Sorry. That's my Hold theory. On. They bought an island from Namor. He owns islands, or just like everything in the ocean is his domain. Like, does no, there paperwork? He, he, he owned it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's like, great. yeah. So he Love and Emma got to talk, and he's really not going to say no to Emma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. So. <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> they have a past too, so yeah. Yeah. Oh That's my the god, Namor, he's so predictable. <laughs> the, the hot blonde yeah every time every time um, his weakness and then and then the story wraps up with moonstar saying she's going into town a few days there's a friend in new york she needs to see so yay her and rain are gonna make up so and that takes us to the yearbook any highlights of the yearbook for anybody yeah. oh, all the all the class shots yeah um, and like all the like what do they well, like to do what do they don't like to do what they're voted you know okay so Lori being voted most shyest person I felt was a bit messed up. Like I always hated that category. I think that's like an insult really. <laughs> like what is that? <laughs> that's the category you give someone because you don't know them because yeah, they are shy or, you know, introverted, but yeah. you have to give them something. So that's what she voted on. It's basically saying the, the most, I don't know who you are award to me, which I was like, <laughs> dang, that's like, it's <laughs> tough. Um, there was an also there was one that one kid that was voted most likely to marry a baseliner, and I'm like baseline. Well, it, he's he's his power is a shadow. Okay, it's, and it, it's a thing. So, um, that's yeah. the guy that that switched squads multiple times. They make a joke. That was about funny. It. Yeah, he's like, I'm just glad to be on a squad finally, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I did not even notice him switching squads. That's how little. Uh, I thought it was funny that the cuckoos got voted teacher's pet, and I looked up like, oh yeah. motherfucker, they're they're Cyclops' kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is funny once you remember that they, or once because at this point we didn't know. That the cuckoos are clones of Emma Frost. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, the ones we, uh, other than the ones we know, the, the main twelve, you know, the Hellions and the New Mutants. So we got the cuckoos. We got Dryad, who controls plant life. We saw her, saw her briefly at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Spectre, and we got Quill, who is the best, given finger guns in the group photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, class clown, which is great. I love the. If you read his entry, is great. Likes romantic poetry, long walks under the beach, sunsets, dislikes cliches to see above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then we go to Alpha Squadron. Uh, Victor. Who's, that's a really good picture of Victor, actually. I really like that. Um, and so he's great. Uh, likes theater. <laughs> Just a little on the nose, Marvel. But okay. Uh, Indra. Indra is actually... Uh, he actually is relatively important later on. Um, he gets his own arc at one point. So, um, Kadogo, which is great because his power is to shrink and he's actually the tallest of all the kids. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, the most ironic power kid. Um, that yeah. was funny. Also, like, he's like, my favorite thing is always having the best seat. Dislikes getting stepped on when small. And I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> uh, Rubbermaid, who literally she stretches like a. Uh, 
Reed Richards. You mm-hmm. notice she likes Jeffrey, which is the ghost kid. Yes, I did notice that. Adorable. <laughs> and then my favorite of all the students, Loa. I've talked about her before. Yeah. Fucking love Loa. And it's any surprise why when her likes are surfing the ocean and lying in the sun. So, <laughs> like, yeah. And then I, I actually have a minor obsession with Network and her twin sister, Preview, who's on the Paragons. Um, oh. Yeah, I really like the two of them a lot. So um, they're not used very much at all. I was going to say that's who your uh, shaman was named after, right? <laughs> I have a shaman of World of Warcraft named Preview because of her, actually. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I was like, I, rec- I recognized that name. And I was like, I re- think I remember you saying that she was based on a X-Men. <laughs> yeah. And then we get Match, who is, you know, on fire. Uh, Trance, who's really cool. And actually, I think she has an arc with Wolverine later, I want to say, which is really cool. Wolf Cub, who actually is significantly more important going forward. Um, Pixie, look how different Pixie's design is. That's way. But I really so love her. Completely yes. different. Yeah, I would not have recognized. Yeah, no, no connection, but it's cool. Too wet again. Like, what are you saying? What with? Pixie looks oh, like. Sorry, oh. Oh. sorry, just ignore me. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you said something about Pixie. That's what I want to catch. Uh, I like that in her likes is a certain very cute teacher. <laughs> I'm almost certain that Cyclops, because I think there's a moment in when they're in San Francisco, yeah. where uh, there's where Cyclops is kicked out of the bedroom for with by Emma for some reason, and he's walking out with a uh, pillow, and there's like a couple students out there, and they're like, "Oh, uh, you're not gonna sleep in there?" And she's like, "You can sleep out here with, this, with us, Mr. Summers." And someone's like, "Very subtle, Megan." Yeah. <laughs> so. Like yeah. Also, like when they first get to San Francisco, she's kind of like one of the first that got that gets jumped by the Hellfire Club. Yeah, it's kind of like the first one of the first people to be like, we gotta do like a whole fucking man search for her. Yeah, there's like there's there's a tradition in X Men uh, where there's a young female X Men that is always like partnered with a major X Men, usually Wolverine, mm-hmm. and it started with Kitty. You know, and it was, you know, Jubilee and there's always one. And she's actually one of the ones Uh, Mm -hmm. she has a pretty significant role later on. So Uh, especially when we get to the the limbo uh, storyline, she she basically has a soul dagger. Nice. Yeah, she's great. And then DJ, who I think is the most wasted character because he has such a cool power. He has energy manipulation based on the type of music he's listening to. How dope is that? (laughs) So, and then preview. So, yep, that's the five squads we primarily dealt with. Uh, So, everything changes from here, guys. We get the Hellions, which is a nice, fun little side story. And then everything, like I said, changes from there. And uh, we go directly into the House of M. Immediately after Hellions will be the House of M series for what is actually happening in the House of M with these characters so okay yeah and then after that we come back through decimation so and deadly, uh, genesis? deadly genesis is a part of this later so okay i looked it up but basically if you really like the school arc and how much fun they're having as groups and stuff say goodbye because <laughs> decimation is about to take care of that for you so um any last thoughts on the arc so far no, nah, it was good as far as like, like again, like just keeping at the school and just figure, like seeing how the kids just figure it out being at, an, at, at Xavier's. It was actually, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This next. Oh, go ahead, Liz. No, just I like it. It gets better. Like I'm enjoying this series more and more as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
After Decimation, the kids that still have their powers, they are basically one big group. And all these background side characters, like your, your Wolf Cubs, your Match, your Hellion even, they become more significant. That's good. Um, they all become major characters with arcs and storylines and character development and stuff. So it's not just <laughs> an immune to that's I what thought I kind of wanted. Like they lose their powers, and I'm like, oh, Julian. <laughs> I can, I can tell you right now, Julian, Julian maintains his power. Yeah, no, I figured. But it's <laughs> that's not a spoiler. That's what I kind of wanted from David when like the blob shows up, and it's like, all right, but it's basically just going to be the aliens and and the new mutants, and just the one person that that, that you're right there. I kind of wanted him to do like a little mix of all the students, kind of him like he was still paying attention yeah. to all the other classes. But like whatever, I'm glad that we still get to see them. Yeah, like, it would have been cool. Like Dryad could have used a bunch of you know grass to hold him in place, yeah. and you know like there's things they could have done. But again, it would just show David actually paying attention to the other classes too, not just like yeah. being rivals to the aliens too. Yeah. So cool. Um, that is everything for that. So we are going to go ahead and move on and talk about our comic books. Liz, do you have any comics you want to talk about this week? Um, I did read pick up Far Sector. Um, number nice. eight, and I did read it, and it was very good. Um, I think when I last <laughs> covered it, I mean, you know, it was more to say I liked it. No. Yeah. Um, so the basically the plot is uh, it's a Green Lantern, uh, Joe. She's a human from Earth, and her ring functions in a way where it's like, uh, not like she doesn't power. She doesn't have to power it up with the lantern and say that you know the little rhyme. She it, it like recharges throughout the day, but it is the you know the caveat is that it's not as powerful as a normal green lantern ring but it means she can go to the far sector of space you know where there's no green lantern core anywhere or really any you know space civilization in the dc universe that we're familiar with nearby Final and yeah basically <laughs> and she's uh they're kind she's hired kind of like as a mediator between these warring like these fact these these three alien races that are having a a big problem with like their social structure and it literally from the very first issue is also a murder mystery which is related to the big conflict between the three races and so that's like you know the first seven issues and in this issue um we actually finally get the at least the identity not the identity but we find out how the murder happened um like who how how basically it happened and we get a very um concerning i guess plot of thread of like maybe the killer is someone who has access to earth media and memes um, because, uh, sorry, there's one of the races is like this AI race called the at at, and they love like their currency is memes, I guess. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. earth memes right now are super rare and super hot. And that's how she's actually paying her at -at secretary is in earth memes. But, um, so basically, <laughs> yeah, the people like the, the murder, the murderer was paid in a ton of earth media. And I'm like, well, she's the only human there. So who else is getting like the characters obviously have this discussion, like, Where's like somebody must have direct access to Earth media, but who? Like who would have that access? None of the characters we've been introduced to um, seem like they would have that access. So I'm like, is there another human here? But um, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, I really like it. You know, other than that, it's it's uh, N.K. Jemison is the writer. Jamal Campbell is the artist, and um, they make a good team. Honestly. Like the art, like you can tell, like there's no disconnect between the artist and the writer. They're really in sync. I feel like with the visuals, with the narrative, with um, letting the artist kind of tell the story visually. Um, 
it's uh it's good stuff it's really high quality and i definitely recommend um picking it up nice all right so me and Hosfer are going to go into our marathon of comic books <laughs> um so as always we start with our indian dc uh and we start with the books that we individually purchased uh we don't have a lot that differ this week at least from my end um the first one is seven secrets number three from tom taylor uh daniel dinocchio there we go and uh colored by walter uh, Bayamonte. um i love this book it's about the secret organization of spies that um uh, are keeping these seven secrets uh safe we got the young boy that's raised by the group. Uh, in the last issue, we found out that the spy that is his father passed away. And now he um, basically they're holding trials to see who's going to take his father's spot, take his secret. And he's one of the candidates. So it's a really cool, like, you know, kind of like Kingsman, like the whole, like, try not to be a Kingsman kind of arc. Uh, it's really fun. I really enjoy it. I love the art. I just love this art so much. Um it's just it's just really well done, and um, yeah, it, it, I just love this book. I, I I can't say enough about it. Um, when his, when they go to his father's funeral, there is like a bunch of people there, like that because it's a secret funeral. But it's like they said nine world leaders attended: three prime ministers, an emperor, a king, a queen, and three presidents. And it's just like, oh, that's cool, like because it's like this underground secret organization, but all you know, all these countries are aware of it and participating in it. So, um, really, really enjoying that book. Uh, it's from Boom, so pick it up. Uh, it's only three issues in, and uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it, especially if you like spy work with a little bit of a supernatural twist, maybe. So we'll see. Uh, the next one I got was from Image. It's number one. It's Commanders in Crisis, and. Yeah. Uh, this is created by Steve Orlando, uh, David Tinto, and uh, a lot of great covers, um, including a uh, Stefan Sechik cover, which is really good. Uh, I went the Micah Sozo cover, uh, which is really good. There's also a Mirka and Dolfo cover, by the way, Husway. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, so, and the colors for the book is Francesca uh, Caratinito. Um, so this book, it, it introduces a group kind of like a Justice League. Uh, I, I gave Hosway a brief summation of it, mm-hmm. but it's all these heroes, um, Originator, Sawbones, Prizefighter, Seer, and they're fighting generic bad guys from the future, and they came back from the future to steal our hope, because they have no hope left. <laughs> and the characters are really interesting and fascinating. Uh, the powers are, like, fun. Uh, so, for instance, Originator can alter reality by creating new words, basically, but they have to have, like, a, a logical thing. So to revert people uh revert these bad guys back to like um mentally regress them billions of years down the evolutionary ladder she comes up with the word of crinodilative psychodevolution <laughs> so like yeah it's just cool it's a little fun concept um and then seer has quantum powers but only for a minute at a time prize fighter is only as strong as the crowd hopes he is so he basically needs an audience when he's fighting which is really cool He's also openly gay, and it's great. Um, so it's a really great series, and there's a bit of a murder mystery. Um, and you find out that they are actually all survivors of different Earths and different realities. And in their realities, they were all the president of the United States. <laughs> wow. Okay, I love this twist because it's so ludicrous that it's just 
perfect. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, and um, once they're out of their costumes, they're all in like suits and stuff. And you're like, yeah, I could see it actually. <laughs> so, um, but I'm really digging it. It's a lot of fun. It's um, I definitely want to see the next uh, issue. I think it's going to tell me a lot about where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlights for me so far, uh, I really like Sawbones. Uh, he is the one who, um, uh, he, uh, he is a combat medic in that he basically can help heal anybody and like, like not just like touching them or anything like that, but like he's really good with handling medical procedures, but has no physical training as a doctor at all. Um. So, and so he has like, he has these goggles. I don't know if it's the goggles or just himself. He has really good sight, so he can see like through people's bodies. So if there's like a bullet in them, he can tell them exactly where it is. You know, or if there's like an issue in their body, he can find it pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just really cool. It's like ho- if Hawkeye was a doctor, basically, oh, and so. and and Matt Fraction Hawkeye, I should say. So, <laughs> so I keep he's thinking great. you keep uh, missing uh, Bone Saw from Spider Man. <laughs> so it's like I keep thinking like a macho Randy Macho in the comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and he he is latin they're all it's actually a very diverse group um so it's a gay man a gay white man i think i mean he it, yeah um and then a black woman a uh, latin man a pakistani woman and a white woman so um so yeah um i really enjoy it from image comics check it out Josue, did you have any comics that we don't share yes Go for it. Uh, Stargazer. And this is by Mad Cave Comics, I believe. Mad Cave. And it is by Anthony Cleveland and Antonio Fuso. Oh, man. So it's going to be a six-issue mini, and I'm really going to like it. So it has this, like, the fourth kind, the movie. It's an, it's an alien book for sure. But it does have, like, that mystery, like, the fourth kind did. Even if you didn't like the movie, but it, does, it did have a great feel to it. Um, and I, just, I just had a thought with what, what else it kind of really mixes with. Honestly, no, it honestly kind of feels more like I think I said this last time too, mysterious skins without the like realism of the of the that ending, but that alien mystery is there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the second issue does a kind of a back and forth. We get we do get revealed on like the incident that happened before, and that incident was Shay is our main character and her and her three friends. Uh they find one of them finds like their brother's sheet of acid and they all share it. And including mm-hmm. the, uh, Shay's little brother. And on the other end, when they came back, he wasn't all himself. Like, he really fried out because he's a kid. Only he was just obsessed with aliens that he got abducted. I think he, I can't remember exactly how it played out. But anyway, he just wasn't the same. He just wasn't, I guess, normal, if you'd call it. Um, and then we get the time jump and how she basically just takes care of him. And he's just, like, really almost, like, he. Give, they want to kind of and put him, like, put him, like, like, turn him into, like, a, or just treat him, right, to treat him well. But he's he's just fine, really. He's just her sister. Just they don't want to call him crazy, but she's like, oh, fine. He she just takes over the responsibility. Anyway, another incident happened where uh, later down the line on the flashback, some kids were messing with him. Like, oh, there's aliens up on a tree, so he climbs it and like Shay punches one of the boys. It was fucking awesome. I, like, never fucking talk to him again. Um, and so they help him out. Flash forward, Shay's at the hospital. She gets called in, and he's in the bed like he, he almost has like an open wound in his chest and then they recovered some weird like there was a, some weird specks around his body and in his chest like cavity and just like they're like in this weird vial they don't know what it is it's like he said that we sent some samples to, to the uh, university 
we should get results soon. Anyway, we come back to we go back to the flashback, and one of the friends confesses to her like, "Hey, I talked to my brother about the acid," and he's like, "Oh, I thought we were supposed to keep it a secret." It's like, "No, it's cool." He actually told me it's like he just left it off because it's he said they were fake. He was literally just trying to get back at a at some college freshman for whatever. It didn't matter. Um, so Shay just starts freaking out because like, all right, well he can never fucking know. Like we can't tell him. Like whatever is going th- whatever he's going through, this would just completely destroy his world. Again, he's just a fucking kid, younger than they are. Um, we come back to the present, and the doctor's trying to go get o- go over with Shay about just medical medical stuff like over and what they can do. Um, lights go out giant like pops out and they go check on the brother because like the vitals are going down and he's gone it looks super glittery and pretty but he's fucking gone mm-hmm. uh, so they're just trying, she's like even more confused like how the fuck where the fuck did this happen and we cut to she go find she goes to the only person that the brother cared to talk to <laughs> and it's like this like middle of nowhere uh radio jockey of. Uh, that that's one of those like alien conspiracy nuts that just like kind of broadcast out of nowhere. Uh, right. she, she finds him and just like kind of ha- almost like a one-on-one with him. Cause, and obviously she, and he's like, I know who you are. Obviously your brother talks about you a lot. We've been trying to get you over the show. Cause again, like the brother has shared his story so many fucking times. <laughs> it's really funny. Cause it's fucking alien nut job. It's just, um, as soon as they, they're able to kind of go back and forth, uh, he, he just starts, uh, that bowl is packed. If you want to take the edge off or anything, uh, you already said that already, and again, I'm fine. Thanks. <laughs> Got it. Sorry, it took so long. That'd be me <laughs> just offering everybody. I offer everybody a bowl really spoken night, and I'm sorry. And I will be respectful every single time when you say no, but I will probably ask you again down the line just because, like, it's my bad. <laughs> anyway, so the brother does have him for some information. He's like, hey, I've kind of been waiting for this. I, I, I have no idea where your brother is. I'm sorry, but he, I was supposed to give this to you if you ever showed up. And what it is, is just the names of her friends from a long time ago with their numbers. I think she doesn't say that she already has them, but like they're, they're her friends that she knows who they are. So it's like, why would he be giving me this information they already have? And it's like, you're supposed to go get them. Like he said, you're supposed to all round them all up, basically come back together, put the band back together. And mm-hmm. she first takes like, well, fuck you, dude. You're just trying to get us all here to just get a fucking interview off of us. And he's like, no, no, it's really, it's really not fucking not that. Like he's, that's, that's what he said like, he wanted. And he drops a line in sleep, you'll know. And that's what triggers her is like probably something that he said before. Um, so she goes, she gets back in her car and all she, then she hears, um, I, I, cause she asks what the hell's going on. And then she hears, are you ready to find out? Kenny, that's the name, that's the brother's name. And I like sleep and in the backseat, it's like the little, the little, ver- the little boy version of her brother. So it's kind of like, what the fuck? And then she gets, we go uh, to a flashback one more time to the actual, to the accident when they were tripping out. And she's like, why are we here? And it's like, we're sharing a memory. It's like, it's, it's actually my memory. Like the night where we were taken, like something about to, something was, was put into us an implant the four that makes the four of us connected. We share our thoughts and memories, but they can share them too. And like they, and he points up to the sky and like all the girls start like warping as in like, that's probably the moment where they got taken and they, and they forget. And she just looks up, and it's like there's this weird face in the sky, kind of alien-like. It looks like he's wearing goggles. It's wearing goggles, but it's hard to make out right now. But there's something definitely for sure watching them. That's when she wakes up, <laughs> and the the alien conspiracy is just like, "Sorry, you've been parked here for an hour, and well, 
the paranoia is getting me kind of is is getting me kind of high, and you're ruining it. So you okay? <laughs> By the way, that bullet's still packed if you need it. <laughs> and that's where we left off. So kind of like at first, it's gonna be I thought is it is it true or not? Like this was there like an actual alien invasion? Is the brother just crazy? Now we get some real stuff happening. So I actually really dig the shit for as far as like a super indie. Like I've never really read Mad Cave, but I really fucking dig it. And the artwork is, is really really good too. So alien mystery, uh, Stargazer, really dope. Nice. Other than that, yeah, no, we share the other indies and Marvels. Perfect. Well, let's start with Once in Future before we dive into our big vault stack for the week. So, <laughs> um, Once in Future, we're wrapping up the Beowulf arc. Ooh. Uh, so we got Beowulf, we got Grindel, and now we're dealing with Grindel's mother. And um, we get quite a few things here. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Duncan's mother show back up. Mm-hmm. And pl- play a very interesting role in the proceedings. So, uh, without a Beowulf, uh, no one can stop Grendel's mother, basically. So, um, so what we have is a situation where uh, Duncan's mother is basically like, "I can make you Beowulf," and it's like, "Well, he's already somebody, you know." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so it's like now he's stacking like a like destinies on top of destinies and it's kind of like oh how's that going to work out but really they don't have much of a choice so uh the grandma initially opposes the idea but eventually gives in when she gets a side of it (laughs) yeah so and uh yeah so he becomes uh he becomes beowulf and we see the lady of the lake and it was pretty dope and she offers him a sword and the arthurian nerd in me was squeeing the entire time i was reading this by the way like when you turn the page and he swings for it how was that so dope dude i love everything like just it's so great and like just everything it's it was just such a great arc and then just like when he um when he goes back to i always forget her name the love interest chick, the the librarian chick. It's not Rose, is it? Maybe I can't remember to be honest. Um, but when he goes back to see her and they kiss and everything, everything's like, oh, this is gonna be okay. And then I got a little bit of a dread because we're we have Merlin talking to his mother, who by the way is Nimue as well. Mm-hmm. So she's she's also multiple roles. And uh, Merlin says, "You tried. Who would doubt the loyalty of Nimue?" And the look in his eyes and what we know of Nimue. Mm-hmm. And and how she relates to Merlin, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about that at all. So, um, but yeah, she, when she's going back and forth with the grandma, trying to find the page, when it's just like, when the when the grandma figures it out, like, oh, you're this, but now you're Nimue too. Like, what were you thinking? You're being used. You'll be discarded. Like Mary, Elaine, or Nimue. When have I ever been anything other than used and discarded? So it's like she's fucked. The fact that she's feeling or being a character now, I'm really, mm. she's being really compelling right now. I really like her now too yeah exactly so and then um like she checks in with galahad or about galahad and he's just like yeah don't worry about it basically um and we deal a little bit with the aftermath of what happened at the old folks home Mm -hmm. Uh, not much but then we do get to see which i thought this was really great to find the grail we need percival galahad and boars (laughs) and then they introduce the prime minister and i love the not boars but close enough and i'm like 
excellent. Wow. So <laughs> once again, Karen Gillan, Dan Mora, Tamara Bonvillain, murdering it. This is such a great book. Like <laughs> I just, I, again, the Arthurian legend nerd in me just loves this shit so much and it just gets better every time. So, yeah, uh, the lore of it's wonderful, like how they modernized it, but, you know, still kept the tradition of it all. Or almost like they have um, to follow the stories, like the grandma tells it. It's really good. Yeah, that's that's the key to it, I think, is the fact that the stories still have to happen the same way. You accept the fate of the character. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, how do you escape the fate? Because obviously, you know, Arthur is going to want to escape his fate. You know what I mean? Like merlin you know wants to escape his fate otherwise you know it won't end well you know what i mean so i'm kind of like curious to see how that's going to happen so I, I love it it's just great it's again it's a book nerd thing it's a history nerd thing it's everything i love so um yeah what well, is routinely one of the best independent comics on the market period yes. so and uh cannot state enough um we don't give enough credit to colorists. Uh, we try our best here on this show. Yeah. Uh, but in general, we don't give enough credit to colorists. So I just need to once again point out that Timberbone Villains coloring in this series makes this series. It's so good because like you, like every panel, every page, you feel safe thinking it's like, oh, it's so colorful. It's so pretty. It's going to mm-hmm. be not that violent. And when it when it has to be violent, it does not hold back. So like, when, it, when it's gruesome, it's fucking brutal. And that's what I really love about it every single time yeah. it does it. This could easily be a very gloomy, dark book. Yes. And I don't think it would be nearly as good. Yeah. Because we have a billion of those. (laughs) So, like, and I'm honestly quite sick of them. So, just having this and having it colorful and having very expressive characters, like, it's just, I just love it. It's absolutely great. So, um, yeah. So, other than that, I want to dive into our vault collection for the week because we had a heavy vault week after a couple lighter vault weeks. So, yeah. glad to have them back in heavy rotation for us. So, uh, as always, we start with the books that are more continuing. And we'll start with our vampire duo of Bleed Them Dry, first of all. Um, loving this book. Um, after reading Shang-Chi and seeing Dyke Ruan's art, over there it's fun to come back and see it back in this book um it's just so great like i absolutely i'm, I'm really becoming a massive fan of their art um, oh, yeah, totally yeah it's just becoming greater and greater especially i love the design of the old yakuza guy in this oh, one dude yeah he looks dope like so um or the, or the crew at the end like they all look really dope too oh yeah definitely so it's really cool um this is definitely a recovery issue because obviously our heroes had a really rough time of it last issue. Yeah. And it's very much the two of them recovering. And um, our our lead vampire badass dude gets a new sword from the Yakuza guy, which is pretty cool. Um, and our other lead kind of talks to her girlfriend. Uh, and she's dealing with, like, because she's a young vampire, she's dealing with the, the hunger, you know, and it's also a very emotionally pitched moment and she flat out tells her everything, which I thought was really cool. Um, Cause she's basically like, don't lie to me. And she's like, I won't. And she tells her, you know, and that's mm-hmm. really, I really appreciated that. And we find out that there's an organization, which I think is hilarious that it's stake as an, as an acronym. Yeah. Because you know, the Marvel joke of 
sword and shield and hammer and like it's always like an acronym they always find like i love especially hammer because they didn't have an acronym for it they just wanted to use hammer (laughs) they're like oh we'll find an acronym later i always like that so so we have stake as an acronym for an organization and it's the old yakuza dude and all his uh associates so that's gonna be pretty dope uh i think we have a killer fight scene coming up absolutely yeah me too so yeah really excited about that what do you think of the book uh no it was it was fantastic i i really like the scene where like here you obviously you lost your sword take mine and i like that, that there's still the respect in the writing instead of be like oh cool thanks i'm gonna I, I was literally out one he was like no like there's a process to you can't just give away your fucking sword dude and so i mm-hmm. I, I definitely dug that there was like that still like a, a moment for how to handle a, a, an item like that yeah definitely um yeah i, I really enjoyed it uh I think this might have been my favorite issue so far, actually. So far, yeah, it's it's, it's really yeah. good. And honestly, like the way like I keep forgetting, but now I'm now I'm so curious how this translates over to Shang Chi. I definitely want to pick up that first issue. Yeah, you need to. It's great. So, um, and then second part of our vampire journey, uh, Vampire the Masquerade number three. Yes. Uh, very jealous because Josue got the uh, awesome holographic cover. Foil, beautiful foil. I need to find the number two. Yeah, dude. I'm jealous of that, but uh, I really, really, really enjoyed this book. Um, My love for this book is growing every week, or every every issue, I should say, because, again, as someone who played the game, I keep seeing little details that I'm like, oh, that'd be like... I'm experiencing it like somebody reading a D and D adventure. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, that'd be fun to do. And then like, oh, that would like, imagine if I was doing this investigation into who killed the Nosferatu, you know, like things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, I'm getting to nerd out a little bit and, um, I'm really enjoying it. So the first half, the half written by Tim Seeley, uh, we are following, uh, the same protagonist that we've been following for a while now. And, um, with her new, um, with her, well, what people believe is her progeny, mm-hmm. but isn't. So, uh, but she's faking it and teaching her, you know, the, the ropes and everything like that. So, um, and we, like, I love the little bits of lore that keep coming up. Uh, again, if you know anything about Vampire the Masquerade, little things you need to know, like, you need to rest during the day. You have to, even though you're not out in the sun, it's like a mental thing. You can't just stay up. There's still a sleep like, cycle for you. Like you're you're immortal, but you're not. Yeah, you have to shut down, otherwise you're gonna go crazy. So I like that they address that. That's really cool. Um Yeah, and I, I really am joining this and uh, uh the creepy bad guys in this one. The ghouls. Which yeah. are yeah, the ghouls, the then they're like taking vengeance on vampires that have uh fed on them in the past and taken parts of their body and attaching it to theirs. Such a great bad guy thing. It's so creepy as shit. So really dug that. Um, yeah, the first, uh, the first storyline is really good. My favorite part of the first half was obviously where we find out her superpower. So a lot of things, uh, one thing people don't know about vampire, the masquerade is you basically, um, in addition to being, you know, normal vampire things, you do get kind of abilities based on your clan or other things that basically make you a superhero. You, you, you know, you're, you're more than just a vampire mm-hmm. and that helps differentiate vampires from each other in the game. 
which makes it more interesting. So in this one, we find out that her power is basically she can, she can slow time way down and move very quickly. And the way they visualized it is great. Her face, her eyes are all lit up with blood when she's doing it, which is so dope looking. Like I really enjoyed that. And I love the, that fact that she broke through the skylight. So there's like glass falling around her as she's still doing the whole thing. Catching it. Yeah. Which that's when she says like, as like, uh, sometimes for me, time stands still as she catches one in the air. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. And then, um, just the change of her appearance when she's using her power is just so great to me. Like that super feral looks like, you know, I mean, the most mainstream thing I can compare it to is when Lestat goes crazy in an interview with a vampire because the hair color and everything. So yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. So um, yeah, that story has been really, really good. And um, we find out at the end that Prince Samantha has been murdered. Oh, so all hell is going to... Oh, yeah, it's a great shot. Um, all hell is going to break loose. So I'm very excited about that. And then we go to the Anarch Tales, which is the second part of the issue. This is the part that's written by uh, Teeny and Blake Howard. Ooh. And um, we get to see Marcus. A little highlight on Marcus. And... Um, which is fun uh, because this whole little group, we're, we're, get, we're slowly but surely finding out different things about these characters, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And this is very much a background on him and how he became who he is. And I thought it was really well done. Um, it was short um, because I think the other one, you know, was is the main plot and it's driving it forward. Yeah. So I think this one needed to be kind of like a short. And this is a good filler idea is, you know, focus on Marcus real quick. So, Where or should I say that? King Rat? So. <laughs> Well, even then, like it also, yeah, it was focused on the other group, but it it leaves leaves us with a great great cliffhanger to hook it back to the other story now. Yep, exactly. We're, we're wondering how or when they're going to cross over. It's like, oh man, that picture. We'll see what happens. Yep, exactly. So, really digging it. And then at the end, as always, we get some vampire the masquerade game lore, which is a lot of fun. Talks about the different powers. Um, and yeah, there seemed to be a bit of a focus on the Nosferatu in this issue in general, including the character option that they provide at the end. So mm-hmm. it's nice. Um, Nosferatu aren't played all that much in Vampire the Masquerade because people who play Vampire the Masquerade obviously want to play something pretty. <laughs> and so the Nosferatu aren't really focused on. So it's cool to see them get a little bit of focus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, really, really dug this book. I've gotten the variant cover every week because it's just so good. So... Let's move on to our last vault book and a brand new series. And it's off to a wonderful start. Uh, The Devil's Red Bride, issue one. First of all, this cover, straight up, amazing cover. I almost wanted the second variant, too. I almost took both. Yeah. I actually got the third variant. That one was the The big face? yeah, Yeah, just the face, yeah. Um, but the, all the covers are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this book is written by Sebastian Gurner and artist by or art by John Bivens, colorist by Iris Monahan. Um, and I really enjoy it. It's not a traditional comic art. Um, it's done in a sequential style. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's good at that, but it does it does kind of like put you in the era that they're talking about. Um, so I really enjoy it. So those who don't know, this is a samurai tale. 
and uh, it's really well done. Uh, there is a there's a bit of uh, uh, violence, uh, quite a bit of violence actually. Oh yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I really enjoyed. It. So I want to kick it over to you. I want to get your opinion on this because I really dug it, but I, I bet you really really liked this. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, what's not to love about the Ghost of Mulan? It's just like one of the most incredible <laughs> tales of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like it's it's definitely. I mean, not to spoil that, but it, it is basically that. Is uh, we open up with the father, the father, old samurai, say, telling the telling the young son, "Your your next duty is to protect not just this family, but this name, but this fucking country with this armor." And you can definitely off the bat tell the son is just like. I am not about this shit at all. I'm so fucking scared. And meanwhile, the daughter just intervenes and that moment wanted to be like, cool, I need to learn this lessons because what you say, father, is right. It's like, oh, we definitely see what this dynamic is going to be played out here. Mm. Cut to a brutal, brutal war scene. And we, we see the, the fa- father's armor um, charging into battle and just being just wiping just so much, so many fucking people. And but also like hearing like it's like okay what, what from the people from their uh, their people would be like the strategy kind of sucks like we're about to die what the fuck's going on and then cool shit happens plays out and like they they win the they win that victory so we find out like all right cool this guy is pretty confident but yeah then we cut back to another another tale or almost like flash forward three years and we see our title character the devil's red bride and she looks really fucking cool with a straw hat and like that red like the red suit and like the sword uh mm-hmm. what, what do you feel about the story i'll get over to you uh i'm really enjoying it uh i i like the again i like the art it's very stylized mm-hmm. um not all art has to be perfectly clean yes and depending right. on the story that you tell and this is a great example of one that does not need to be and i think it actually improves it um so i really enjoy it um I love the bit at the end with her brother. I thought that was great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoy. It. I love the character designs. I love the mask. Uh, you and me are both uh, Ghost of Tsushima fans, so <laughs> we're very much ma- samurai masks have been on our minds lately. So oh, sure. <laughs> that last page, absolutely beautiful with it. Yeah, and I love the straw hat she has. Mm-hmm. Such a great look. Uh, just solid, solid book. Uh, really good. I'm very curious to see where it goes from here. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And like, well, there's definitely some mystery to it too. Like, I'm joking that it's just like Ghost of Tsushima and Mulan over this like yeah, yeah. brother sister swap. But there's still something pretty dope when it does like that three years later bit, and we see her just roam, like being a Ronin really, and rescuing a, a woman being or yeah, rescuing a woman from a shitty situation. Yeah, we keep seeing this dialogue being saying let me in and her definitely hold like not ignoring it and or not acting upon it but we kind of figured that it's just like you kill somebody or like with with the blood of the sword you carry those souls with you so i'm kind of wondering if this if this armor has something else like about it too because it is really cool yeah definitely uh yeah so really really enjoyed it uh can't wait to see where it goes from here yeah Uh, definitely going to be something i added to my list so absolutely uh that's everything i got for non-marvel you got anything else before we move on no that's it for my non-marvels too great so uh, marvel wise uh we don't have a lot uh i'm gonna quickly go through the things that Josue doesn't have um avengers 37 wrapped up the age of conchu uh lo- <laughs> it's ridiculous um yeah so powers get combined long story short so um i'm not gonna go into all the details but 
what you need to know is that She-Hulk is now known as the Iron Hulk because she has Iron Fist powers. And yeah. Blade is now the new Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, it's pretty dope. And <laughs> it's setting up a crossover that's going to be about the Phoenix. Oh, whoa. Okay. That's the next crossover in the Avengers, like in the actual Avengers book. So the, the Phoenix leaves Mark Spector. And the last page or the last two pages is a shot of the summer house on the moon for the X-Men. Oh yeah. And it's, um, it's someone off screen saying, Oh no, it's, it's Jean Grey saying you felt it too. And someone off screen saying, yeah, like a dumpster fire inside my bones. And Jean says, it's not here for me this time. It's come to search for someone new. There will be a calling. And then Wolverine comes out basically and it, basically, long story short, Wolverine's like, I'm going to fucking kill it, basically, <laughs> like he always does. So, so yeah, we might get Wolverine joining the uh, Avengers uh, mainline story. It's been a while. And to fight, yeah, to fight Phoenix. So that's cool. And then Captain America number 24, I picked up because of the uh, Falcon cover. Yeah. And, really I, and I was unaware that Ta-Nehisi Coates is doing Captain America. Hostway informed me of this. <laughs> and I really dig this. There's a lot of throwback to Brubaker's run. Oh, nice. Uh, because it's like the bad guy is, um, oh God, what's his name? The Russian dude from the Breaker Run. Um, Alexander, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, the it's, the one that, it's the one that ended up becoming the Red Skull. Yeah, the one that's posing? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Lucan, Alexander Lucan, that's his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but this book is honestly, it's about Sharon Carter. Um, she, uh, long story short, something happened to her. I won't get into the personal details, but she basically got a power upgrade. She's like a superhuman now, basically. Hmm. Okay. And she actually holds her own in a straight up fist fight with Captain America during training. Nice. And it's pretty great. And, um, yeah. And then they, they have sex, which is great. Uh, so, uh, in this story right now, Peggy just came back in, in a weird, time paradox thing okay so now both sharon and peggy carter are there oops yes <laughs> i can't wait to see where that goes um but yeah um it, it's really curious i think they're going to bring alexander lucan and tie him back into the red skull again um this also has a tie into heroes for hire a misty knight and colleen wing are seen and that's going to tie directly into the um the red skull story so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And then right at the last page, we see that Sharon Cotter is given a suit of armor. So cool. she's going to become on a, become a full superhero. Very excited about that. So, all right, let's move on to X of Swords. Let's just just dive right into this. Um, did you want to do some, some Spidey talk first or just go? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Okay, some Spidey talk. Uh, <laughs> we read uh, we read the snapshot for spider Oh, I read the snapshot. Did you read the snapshot? I can't remember. I didn't, but it was like, whatever. Yeah, um, it's it's very much a story in the Spider-Man universe, but not about Spider-Man, and it's about a um, it's about a criminal who's trying to reform, and his buddy keeps trying to drag him back in, and he meets his buddy's sister and falls in love with her, and she wants him to reform, so they're like planning their life together, and then there's the temptation for one last score, and so it's really interesting. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, mm. Lots of Spider-Man supporting characters show up in that like weird ones like black lash and you know like 
just weird villains pop up in the background. I think Owl shows up, like things like that. So it was good. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And then Amazing Spider-Man. We need to talk about 850. Yeah. Um, the Return of the Green Goblin. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit and then I'm going to pitch it to you because you're our Spidey guy. So yeah. um, this was very much a Spidey family book. Pretty much every major Spider-Man character like Hero was there. Um, it dealt a lot with uh, fate and what needs to happen, which makes sense because uh, the new Madam Web was president, uh, Julia Carpenter. And so basically they're fighting the Sin Eater. Uh, by they, I mean Spider-Man and Norman Osborn having to team up to fight Sin Eater. <laughs> and it's very, very interesting. And uh, Peter's very conflicted. You know, he's he's got to work with Norman, but he doesn't trust him. But he's still Peter, so he's deep down a good, innocent person. So, you know, he's going to give someone the benefit of the doubt and everything. So, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to let you... Oh, and I will add um, that My Girl, Spider-Gwen, is the best part of the book. So, other than that, I, I will kick it over to you to, to give you your opinion. Spider-Gwen does play a great part where she definitely took control of the situation and not gave, and not gave me a... A cliche scene that we've seen so much with fucking Dance Lots Rain. Uh, anyway, so what is the lesser of two evils when one of those evils is Norman Osborn to Peter Parker? That's a hard fucking question. And, mm-hmm. that, and the answer is a Sin Eater who has the power of a shotgun. And not just any shotgun that can just put a hole in your chest. Oh, no, no, no. It's so much more than that. A shotgun blast to the chest that will not only not kill you and cleanse you, but any powers that you had are his now. So he's been dealing with a Sin Eater with a, that has the powers of Whirlwind, Living Laser, Count Nefaria, Overdrive, and Mr. Negative. Yeah, yep. sure, they don't sound as much, but all together, holy fuck. And Mr. Negative, negative alone has given <laughs> Spider-Man a run of his money. So. Oh, for sure. That last one was like, when he came out, because like before this, I did read... 46 through 48 but i'm not gonna get heavily into those we've gone through so long through, through so much yeah. time um but it basically all leads up to this and that's basically what he does in every other issue sin eater just going after those villains anyway anyway so gotcha. then his next target is i have to cleanse norman osborne and along the way he has one more or at least norman osborne thinks he has a plan up his sleeve to stop him and that's a juggernaut no this shotgun's way too good apparently <laughs> And Sinita is able to absorb the juggernaut as well. And he is just this grotesque thing of a human specimen. I can't even call him a human being anymore. He's just a human specimen of a thing. Um, yeah. It's so, gross yes. because he has like, his head is now the shape of juggernaut's helmet. Yeah. Which which under juggernaut's helmet, there's a normal head. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's weird. And it's really gross looking. It's very clay face. Out of out of so. the three artists, there's three artists in this, and it's uh, Ryan Ollie, who's been my favorite on Spidey. Sadly, this is his last one. Uh, it's Mark Bagley and Humberto Ramos, but flip those two um, is, is the order. Honestly, yeah. I think Ryan Ollie's uh, whatever this, this senior senator thing is. I think this is like the worst. So I think I think I preferred the other two models of this of this guy. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's the answer of what is the uh, the other evil compared to Norman Osborn and why Norm like Peter has to team up with him. And what goes after after that is just this hard fucking battle to try to take down this unstoppable force that can shoot lasers too, and just so you know, and control the wind. Um, but 
in the end, I guess Spidey is able to kind of like web up the ceiling or the whole building and just bring it down on them, on all of them together. <laughs> and we have a dope scene where I guess nothing really happened to Norman. And Norman gets this great monologue that saves Peter. And in doing so, he's like, and now we're fucking even. This whole time, I've hated you. I couldn't kill you as much as I, I had every fucking chance, but I couldn't. Because I owed you my life one more time because of you when you saved mine, and I have not been able to get over that. So yeah. now we're fucking even, and it's kind of cool. It's still very dark because now it's kind of like okay, now it's a Norman that's that can let loose, which sucks, and yeah. it's obviously on Peter's mind too. But we have to deal with this sin eater. Uh, they do. How the fuck did they take him down? Oh yeah, he sinks to the ground. Um, fucking it through the. Science. Yeah, like through science, science and because Norman Norman obviously <laughs> had a secret bad guy layer, like mad scientist layer, like that was able to kind of sink Sin Eater into the ground. So now we're dealt with a Spider-Man who's also kind of caving in or going to this kind of quick liquid, quick sand thing situation. And Norman, since he just paid off his debt, is just gonna leave him there to die. If anything, I think he's about to lower him, like lower him into it. Oh, he does lower him into it. Yeah. And meanwhile, this whole time. Right outside, we have the Order of the Spider. Basically, like the main, the five main spider people that we have that we can just bring about right now, like Miles, Gwen, Madam Web, Spider Woman, and uh, Aranya. Uh, yeah, Aranya. Um, I guess who's Spider Girl now? But anyway, yeah, they're all assigned a secret meeting, saying, "Let's fucking do the Spider Verse team up. Let's, let's let's save them. Let's all team up." And there's this whole consensus of like, it has to be unanimous, and they agree to it at first. But Gwen is kind of like, "We shouldn't." Because again, and all the issues before this, Peter does go to each and each of those spider people, being like, "Hey, I gotta do this, but I don't like to save Norman, basically. But I don't know if I want to. What should I do? What would you do?" Miles tells him, "Follow your heart." Gwen says, "Gwen." And Gwen has a great moment where it's like, where she's basically like saying, "Like, I'm not your Gwen. So honestly, I don't know what what you would do or what I would do or what your she would do. Your your Gwen would do." It's a really mm-hmm. cool moment of identity of just being like, "This isn't your fucking Gwen, guys. This is." Gwen Stacy, the fucking sp- ghost spider. And that's re- I was, it was a really, really cool moment. Um, so all of that, all that being said, Gwen was just waiting for the moment because she didn't want another Spider-Verse team up. It just she wanted Peter to make this decision alone. And the decision was to if Norman was supposed to come back, he literally had to take the goblin serum to be able to do it again to, to bulk up and be the green goblin and then do it uh, do a team up. And obviously that's like what when none of them wanted, but it should, ultimately it was Peter's decision to see if he was going to let him do it or not. And that's the only way to get out of the situation. So now that the decision was made, and obviously Norman is being fucking Green Goblin, now we can swoop in and save the day and actually save Peter. So it was a, it, it was a cool moment to just not have a bunch of spider people running around. And, and just, uh, it, again, the dance lot did that shit a lot. So that's what happened. That's how we saved Peter. And now we, got, now we, can, get out, now we can all get the fuck out of here. And that's all the spider people, including Norman Osborn, in the little ship. And Peter just has this realization where just like, this is fucking wrong. Like, I know I, I know it's my decision to bring Norman back. I know we sh- it was supposed to be the right thing to do, but it's fucking Norman. He's just going to kill again. It's going to be one of you, all of you, and I can't fucking have that. No fucking way. And mm-hmm. Peter does the most un-Spider-Man thing ever. And he actually throws them off the ship like they're not really flying and like out up in the sky and they haven't taken off yet but he leaves them behind and like the, i guess like the structure is crumbling and he, i guess leaves them to die instead yeah. of just like having him instead of having him face justice that's really not going to happen because we all know it's comics 
leaves him behind. So it's kind of like, oh, all right, fuck it. like that again. This is Peter Parker's choice. Whatever. Yep. Um, and then we're left uh, left with the uh, and to be continued. Um, Sin Eater is able to get out of the little thing. We see a hand come out. Uh, Norma's left behind, and Kindred is in front of a grave. And after that, we do have actual issue uh, fifty, um, a fifty one. And boy, let me guess. Let me tell you that. Can I, I have jump- to quickly oh. jump in, though. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was made very uncomfortable by Norman Osborn creeping on Gwen the entire time. Oh, yeah, that was so... Because uh, I absolutely hate the storyline that Norman and Gwen got together in our universe. <laughs> That's one of my least favorite Marvel storylines ever. Yeah. So I was like, please don't remind me of that shit. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it just adds to just like him, just like, yeah, and I, I'm, oh, shit, I just flipped the actual scene, and yeah, his smile, like, at the last, the last bottom page, but... But I prefer to focus on the happier times. Like, ah, uh, dude, like, this is the reason why you're so fucking vile. There's a reason why you got thrown out. Like, Peter's not going to have yeah. your shit anymore. Especially when you just admit the only reason why you're keeping me alive was because we had this stupid debt. And now there is none. So I got to keep yeah. an eye on you. Or at least keep that much more focus. Yeah, gotcha. So, uh, issue 50 picks up right after those events. And it's pretty cool because it is like an oversized issue. I was kind of feeling like it was just going to be like a regular one, but it's cool they kind of planned out this double giant event, or giant um, two, two-part two story, even though this starts part one of Last Remains is the name of the arc. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Kindred is standing in front, of the, in front of a grave, and he's going on where it's like, all right, Peter, I'm sorry. I've been toying with you, and I, it's, it's just it, it's it's been to savor the whole thing. So I'm sorry, but it's coming. I fucking promise you it's coming. And he is digging up a grave. And all you can see is just white hair. And it's like, Nick Spencer, are you really just about to bring back Uncle Ben? <laughs> mm. like, I mean, because it's one of the big no-nos to do, you know? And yeah. at the same time, like, I mean, Kindred, Kindred has been bringing people back to life. So, no. You turn the page, and it's George Stacy. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, let's go. Yeah. And so... We go back to Peter and he swing about and he fucks up. He didn't just catch a web and he literally crashes all the way to the ground. And he just says like, yep, I'm not in a good spot after what happened. It does a weird kind of back and forth, but I'll get to in a second. We do come back to Norman Osborn or where he's at, like literally the, where, where he got left at. And Sand Eater finds him. Only he's not that weird juggernaut. Like, I don't know what happened, but everything got sucked out of him. He's just a normal Sand Eater. <laughs> anyway, he's in front of Norman with, a, with that shotgun. And Norman is just trying to trying to get out of it be like you're being a fool carter like it's obviously it's kindred we should work together try to take him down it's the only fucking way like answer me fucking a and after the silence after he's kind of left in that silence normally like you know what i'm sorry stan like it's, it's just because i'm so fucking angry and confused it's a fucking goblin and all i need i don't need to punish me i just need mercy just so i can just like get through it i need the fucking help too so would you please just help me and there's a great fucking shot, like, in the next page where he just starts laughing and just being like, I fuck it, I don't need him anymore. Like, the Green Coblin talking. Just fucking just go away with me. Just, like, I don't, I literally don't, don't fucking need Norman anymore. Go ahead, just fucking kill him. Blast. Sinister says the work is done. Anyway, so we go back to Peter, and he goes to see um, Doctor Strange because he's, ha- he's really not feeling good. And whenever you're not feeling good, Supernatural Styles, you go see Doctor Strange. Uh, right. So then we come back to Sin Eater saying, all right, I did what I was supposed to do. I cleansed Norman Osborn. What's next? Please fucking answer me. And then Kindred shows up. It's like, yeah, we weren't, we weren't done here, dude. Like, 
you thought you were cleansed just because you came back from hell and you tried and you said all your all your sins were cleansed? No, dude. The whole point was that you were taking their sins. You weren't just cleansing or taking their powers. You were taking their sins too. And on top of all that, you didn't cleanse off all your fucking sins. You left off one that you were never ever admitting to yourself to begin with. And that was the whole point of his origin story. The whole point why he became the sin eater because like his partner got killed. Because apparently he was the one that killed his partner because he was a corrupted cop anyway, and he just couldn't deal with it. So he's been on this whole fucking denial quest about this whole thing. So Kindred kills him. <laughs> it just ends up like wipes away with him. And for some reason, those leftover sins had to go somewhere. And apparently they had to go, they had to go back to the spider crew that just ended up saving Peter Parker. I don't know if it's because they just meddled or because they were the last persons to see him, but basically they're all fucked up now which is why peter is at, is at dr strange it just does this weird kind of like back and forth i don't it just does a weird continuity thing um mm. but yeah um also i don't know if this, this is a related or is a coincidence but right before they all kind of black out with like being absorbed by the sins just uh, peter just sees like this maw of like almost like a like a dragon maw and the next page is, is an ad but it's like the king in black ad so it's kind of mm. like, is this like on purpose or no? It, it, it is. It doesn't seem like it's related. There's no, there's no relation to it, really. So anyway, um, so then we get to like the the good bits. Like he's at Doctor Strange, and it's like, like he tells him everything that happened. And Doctor Strange is like, why would you make a deal with a demon? Like nothing ever good comes from it. And Kendra Dustin shows up with Silk being this weird bat version of herself, and just literally, cr- literally crashes a party. And we're left that there with Peter, and we come to the ending. And that's Kindred just being like, all right, the planet's coming together. There's just so much fucking anticipation. I want everything to be perfect and everything to be right. Uh, honest, I'm, I'm worried I'm, I went a little overboard. But hey, who doesn't love a good party? Uh, and boy, do I have a surprise for you. You're going to love it, Pete. There's no, better, there's no better feeling in this life than being surrounded by those you love. And no, he did. Yeah, and we said it was Gwen, um, uh, Captain Stacy, but he also brought back. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy's corpse is next to Captain Stacy's body in this really weird skeletal format with their arms just crossed over their chest and he's just smiling over them. Now, for the finale, it's coming back to Norman Osborn being cleansed, looking through a puddle with the with the green collar mask on it, and not seeing a green eye back. It's just his, it's just his baby blues. He is actually literally cleansed from the green goblin. And He's confused and scared. He's not a super being, a superhuman anymore. And he's caught red-handed by Dr. Kafka and being like, oh, you're definitely for sure in so much fucking trouble because of what we found here. And that's when Norman just starts, just drops it. It's like, no, like we have to find him. Like who? Kindred. You don't fucking get it. Like there's so much, there's something else so much bigger behind Sin Eater and everything he just fucking did right now. Like, and he won't stop. And it's all, and it's all my fault. Um, his name is Kindred and you have to help me. And the doctor's like, well, nobody's really going to believe you. Why the fuck are you even trying? Like, no, there's no time. Even if they listen to me, they just heard. And what he needs is help. And help, like, dude, you're just you're a danger to yourself and everybody around you. Who are you talking about? And I was like, because, doctor, he's my son. Harry Osborne has been kindred this whole time. And I didn't fucking see it. He's literally been missing this whole time. I, I think we all thought he was dead. But he's been kindred. <laughs> and it's like, what? It's <laughs> a good twist. It's a good twist. It's a fucking amazing twist. Like, why make such a big deal to bring Green Goblin back? And while we're while we're dealing with Kindred, we're trying to, and it's been Harry fucking Osborn. Oh God, is he that pissed? Why? <laughs> wow. Oh fucking a. Um, and and just really really quickly, I also did catch up with uh, 
the cha- champions number one and, and the whole outlaw thing and Miles Morales, yeah. eight, uh, 17, 18, and 19. I'm not going to get into it. The only thing I did want to say is I really love the champions issue, number one, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because I really love when creators get to, when creators are doing an indie project and they come to either the big two and you get to see that project. I love that champions was basically a Marvel. Um, we only find them when they're dead. It's the same mm-hmm. artist. So like that was really cool to kind of see him do some Marvel, some Marvel stuff. But totally. other than that, I'm really curious to see what, what Outlaw does. But yeah, if you want to go back to the Kindred thing really quick. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the big reveal. Uh, yeah. I didn't read the issue, so. But it's weird. Harry being it, it's weird. Um, being that Gwen is his father's ex. <laughs> and yeah. the mother of his half-brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. So... so yeah. Again, that's an awkward shit. I don't, I don't like thinking about. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. Uh, I'm not a regular reader of Spider-Man, you know, but I like to keep track of the, the lore and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's cool. That's why I have you around. So, <laughs> so. all right. So we're going long. So we're going to talk about X-Men, um, X of Swords. So um, we get some more participants in the tournament uh confirmed and armed first of all um we actually get a cool like side story because we were both kind of speculating how the marauders were or how the hellions were going to play into this because there wasn't an actual sword bearer on the group we were kind of like maybe psylocke you know but no um they're sent on a mission to go to otherworld and basically prevent the other side from getting their swords (laughs) so I love it because Mr. Sinister and it's goofy Sinister um, present oh, the idea before the Quiet Council and they vote to do it and they're like, you're going with them. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so uh, it's great. Just Sinister is really goofy the entire time. Uh, but the real key to this issue is the vengeful return of Empath. Oh, um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> He's just a walking asshole. <laughs> like, it's just great. And you open up to him being resurrected. Why? Who fucking knows? <laughs> like, and I love it because he's he's reborn, and the first thing he says is "fuck." Where the fuck am I? And Xavier's like, "Easy now. What's your name, child?" He's like, "What's your name? Keep your fucking hands off me." <laughs> I can see Xavier's regret. Probably the first resurrection regret. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, <sighs> and then hope same thing like she's trying to be like you know and he's just shit talking just he's <laughs> he's shit post incarnate is what empath is basically <laughs> so, um and it's great it's a wonderful issue um there's some great interaction between uh sinister and one of his clones oh god yes where they're fighting over which one of them has to go on the mission <laughs> like so and they also there's a thing about a cape <laughs> so <laughs> we'll leave it i'll leave that to your imagination to read guys um oh, <laughs> but it's really cool um they end up going to uh to the other world and dealing with like a fantasy thing there's some jamie braddock which is always fun because cool. uh, he's insane and um yeah so it's kind of like a fantasy adventure with them and uh empath uh in the dumbest movies ever made in his life has made john gray crow his slave Ooh. and that's not gonna last forever buddy and when it doesn't you're dead so, <laughs> so yep so they're off on their mission we'll get a follow-up on that in the next issue i'm sure it's a great little side story to what has been a pretty serious you know set of events yeah to have something fun like- that's still related <laughs> 
yeah as far as like classic marvel tie-ins this is formula what what they are uh but i actually really enjoyed it like it's it's the clone right it's the clone that went maybe i want to believe it's the clone i want to believe that he's it doesn't really matter because he's been cloned so many times the original sensor is not around anymore yeah that's true but i can just i can just see like him thinking that he's like the real one and the clone lost we get to like the clone based on his leadership because Mr. Sinister is not one. He gets to learn this. We come back. It's like, well, now we actually want this Sinister as uh, our Sinister. So I think the other one's the old one's going to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. But yeah, like I said, it is kind of a side story in the long run, which will be a lot of fun because uh, yeah. we don't need all the focus to be on the main story. So, which brings us directly to New Mutants and uh, one of my favorite Douglas Ramsey books ever. Ever. I loved this. This was fucking great. And basically, so Cypher was chosen as one of the warriors, and he's not a warrior, and that's a problem. And basically, he's determined to do it, even though he basically can't fight. And um, Ileana spends the entire issue teaching him how to fight, as best she can. And the main thing is that Krakoa does not want him to go, because he's the only way that Krakoa can speak with people, basically. And he's fighting it the whole way, and there's like a debate as to whether Krakoa's, you know, opinion should matter, and you know everything. And there's a lot of really great stuff with Warlock. I love the look of the sword. Yo, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and speaking of which, we got an info page for the Soul Sword. I, yeah. I knew you were going to be happy when I saw. I've not posted so. it, but I have him. I have him picked up. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, yeah, basically, it's just him. P- accepting the responsibility that he was chosen and he needs to step in. There's a really, really great moment with Exodus. Ooh. And uh, let me actually, I, I want to pitch this to you really quick with Exodus. Cause I love the character, but how great if Exodus was featured in an X-Men movie years ago, would Oded Fahir from the mummy of Ben as Exodus? Oh, bro, dude, come on. Yes. <laughs> Like I, I was thinking that because someone, someone posted something that he should play some character I can't remember on Twitter, and I was like, uh, no, Exodus. He would be a fucking wonderful Exodus. So. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I take that. Yeah. So, anyways, Exodus is basically like, hey, if I kill you, you don't have to go, which is <laughs> a hell of a deal, by the way. <laughs> like, so, he's like, because we can't resurrect you right now, anyways. So you, you'd be able to skip out, and both. Uh, Warlock, Doug, and Krakoa do not like that idea. And um, Krakoa ends up taking over Mondo, as he does, which he does not like to do, to finally confront Cypher. And he's basically <laughs> I love like... Mondo in these situations. <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, it's talking through my stomach. Can you please tell it to stop? <laughs> like, basically, just sitting there. And uh, I like that they point out that uh, he's learning to fight because it's like a language, which I was, I was, I just love when they like do things like that. They find new ways to use things. Figure shit out around it. That's so good too. I really like that. Yeah. So it's great. Um, I love, I love this. They go to stand on the circle, I love and circle. I love that every issue ends with the circle. It's fucking great. Me too. Yeah. I can't and wait to so- complete. So he says, so you think I have a chance? And she goes, the truth. He goes, we're a family. We always have been. So Blue Moon, I tell you this. If you raise that sword to fight anyone on, on someone on another world, it'll be the last thing you ever do. And there's not a damn thing you can do to stop it. Yeah. yeah. 
because there's another there's another callback on the next thing we're going to talk about based on that line too and yeah it hurt it hurt like doug being the focus this week on like both issues the next issue too it fucking hurt dude it was, i'm so fucking scared for him and now well, i think it's too obvious yeah that's where i'm gonna go with it but let's just talk about cable first okay so cable was awesome so we'll start with the the main plot which actually is not really related directly to the storyline as far as we can tell mm-hmm. which is where cable with his energy sword and cyclops and gene gray are on the uh sword satellite he uses the sword to re-energize it which opens a crazy portal and lots of crazy things come through and basically they fend them off until cable can take the sword out pretty simple straightforward we don't need to really delve too much into that um but then the entire time Ileana's is like can you get your ass down here with your sword like basically like and so there's actually a really great line she says where um uh let me let me see if i can find it here uh not everyone who got drafted into this tournament is a warrior you are and i need you here like and i'm like yeah that's true he's one of the few that's like a legit (laughs) fighter so i was like yeah get your ass down there dude (laughs) like so um yeah it's just really cool um i think this is a plot for the future Oh, okay. Like this is setting something up. It might even yeah. be setting up the new the new sword series. So, okay. um, so yeah, I won't. I don't want to delve too deeply into that. But then we'll get to the very bottom, which is when Cable comes down, mm-hmm. and once again we see the circle. It's, the, it's almost the last thing we see. Yeah, it's the first time we actually have a scene after the circle, which right. I thought was interesting. So, we now have half the group, and uh, Cable walks up. <laughs> and says the light of Krakoa is here and Magic's like you told me it had an outer space name don't rename your sword that's lame <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes Doug it's good to see you man I had no idea you were a swordsman he's like I'm not and he goes oh <laughs> yeah it's that, it's that oh it's that oh where it's just like we're, or we're, we're, painting it, we're painting it too obvious about Doug dying yeah I'm thinking it's gonna be Magic I think Magic's gonna th- th- dive in, and I don't think Magic's gonna die. I think it's she's gonna be the one that shows off how badass they can be. Yeah, and again, because later, that's been her whole character for a long time now. Yeah, uh, I I think she'll be fine. I, I'm worried about Aurora. Yeah, Aurora for sure. I think for sure she'll be going. Sadly, yeah. I don't want yeah. her to, but it's just like it's like the whole like mentor dying and making it more dramatic. Her training him again of all the people who are not fighters. That's why like please don't die like or please don't like dive in so like he can keep going or talking through krakoa and be like well they don't need me whatever um he's more important but fuck but anyway the next scene yeah and then i like the fact that um that magic says basically stick near me when the fighting starts and again that too like again like her being already we know that she's not going to be 100 percent focused knowing that she has to take care of him I think she might go all demony. <laughs> oh, I'll expect that for sure. She has to. Yeah. So then we close off with a scene with uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey showing up to hang with the people standing at the circle. How long have they been standing at the circle? Who knows? So, <laughs> um, and basically they're like, hey, uh, they're trying to work out where they can have um, tele- telepathic communications throughout. Um, mm-hmm. and basically Jean Grey's like hey we got enough psychics we can just basically blow a hole through it if we need to which I thought was pretty great so um, yeah and it's just interesting um, 
I love that. Oh, by the way, that Magic and Cyclops call each other Captain. Oh, the Captain. Like captain. Yeah. <laughs> captain. Captain. Yeah. So it's great. Um, but yeah, what what were you wanting to get to about it? Oh, I mean, just that, like, like, like Doug dying but not dying because somebody else is is going to take his place instead. Uh, just because it was just that line is like, I don't know, you're a fighter. I'm not. Oh, and just yeah. like him realizing, oh, that's that's what Magic meant. I'm like, call. Fuck this! This already sucks. Like he was, he was super stoked that he saw Doug in the circle of of all mutants. Um, yeah, but yeah, and like her, like you got to stay close to me, and like that's why I'm already thinking, like, fuck, please don't don't let it be mad. I don't want nobody, but out of ten, a good portion of them pro- are probably gonna go and sucks. The only ones I absolutely will be upset about would be Magic and uh, Betsy. The oh, others yeah. I would understand. Mm-hmm. But if either of them, like, because Betsy is the lead in Excalibur, and I love Excalibur. Oh, okay. And also, she just became Captain Britain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like she has so much to do. So that would be kind of a waste. Um, and then magic's just magic. She's incredible. So. <laughs> like, so. I don't want to yeah. believe. I, I want to believe that, Cy- that Cyclops is being sincere at the end and not being like, I can hide my side eyes behind my goggles and just hide behind the smile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty pretty good week. Uh, we also got the um, the X of Swords handbook. I don't want to delve too much into it because it's way too much to go over. Oh, yeah. But it's a re- it's a really great source of a lot of information and a lot of characters. I'm surprised they gave a focus to um, that might be hinting at future stories. So yeah, like Brew for instance. So we mm-hmm. might actually oh, get yeah, like a right. like a Brood crossover thing. So yeah, we really just left off on like he's king and let's not talk about it for a while. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's it. Um, that's everything I have. Did you have anything else you wanted to follow up on besides that? Oh, no, that was it. I read a lot this week. Okay. Yeah, me too. So long episode, but uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, uh, of course, always, you can check us out at geek-network.com. Uh, and you can go ahead and uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, the network is going to be GN Podcasts. Uh, the show is going to be WHI Podcast. Uh, myself, it's um, GN Podcast Keith. Uh, Josue, you are at Jose or at Josue Reads Josue. And Liz is at GN Podcast Liz. And um, as always, we thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking with you next week. I know this comes out on a Monday. So have a safe, happy, and healthy week. And uh, we'll see you soon. This has been a Geek Network production.